Um, hello everyone. So before we start this episode, um, I just want to share a few things with you guys and explain why I took a break from T for Three for a wee bit. Um, but before I get into that, um, I want to thank you guys for being so patient and understanding throughout this time. You guys have been incredible and um, I'm extremely lucky to have listeners like you guys. So um, with that in mind, um, I feel like I owe you an explanation. So um, um, a little over a month ago, um, my grandmother passed away. Um, and it was unexpected. Um, it kind of came out of nowhere and it kind of threw me through a loop. Um, and at that time, I, I had an episode under my belt. I could have released it, but I, was too sad to it it felt inappropriate to do it just I couldn't really be bothered at that time because I was just so emotionally caught up with what was happening um and so overwhelmed so I just decided to take a little break for a while um but more on Madge um Grandma Madge um that's what I called her I called her Madge um she's probably one of the most generous people I've ever met, generous to a fault, um, which I I feel like I I kind of learned from her after in that respect and kind of and that kind of inspired me to be more generous to others myself. And um, also, she was super direct and assertive, <laughs> which um, which I which I really loved um, so much so that it was it was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, holy cow, she did not have a filter, um, but it wasn't, it was one of those things, it wasn't perceived to be rude, it was just perceived to be absolutely hilarious, she just said what everyone else was thinking, which is something I always appreciated, and I kind of always think, you know, if I had a fraction of that within myself, even just a teensy bit of the assertiveness and the directness that she had, I knew I'd be okay, um, so I guess there's there's all these things that I admired about her. Um, and it's a shame that she's no longer here, but I know that she's in a better place. And I guess on that note, I would love to dedicate this episode to her. So that being said, um, let's start the episode. And thank you so much again for your support. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Hannah Cavanaugh speaking, and welcome to yet another fantabulous episode of Tea for Three. I'm here with two awesome gals. They're the bee's knees. They are the OGs from LaGuardia High School. So (laughs) the first (laughs) back in the day. (laughs) So the first guest I'm going to introduce is a Kate Bush, Jane Austen, lovin', musician, artist, just overall awesome person. Please welcome Eve Liberman. How are you doing, Eve? I'm doing well. Thanks nice. for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming. And now, next person is <laughs> <laughs> skit writer, improver, the head of Spork in the Road. 
please welcome Gabriella Spielberg. How are Hi. you doing? Thanks for I'm coming. Good. Oh, this is so exciting. Hey, what's up? All right, so the tea that we're going to be trying today is traditional medicinals, which is the most granola name for a tea I've ever heard yeah. in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Organic hibiscus. So let's read the description on the box, uh, shall we? So there's actually two different ones. There's one just describing hibiscus as a whole. And yeah, I guess another one that it describes a reason to love. This is going to be a fun ride. Anyway, organic hibiscus, a tropical flower that thrives in hot climates. Ooh. Hibiscus can be found in food, <laughs> drink, and lore of many tropical cultures. I just got chills. Some of our favorite <laughs> hibiscus is organically cultivated on farms in the fertile Nile valleys of Egypt. Delicious. We ensure that the farmers receive a fair price for their fair crops, price. have <laughs> safe working conditions, <laughs> working conditions, <laughs> and that the hibiscus is grown in an environmentally sustainable way. Environmentally sustainable way. Thus, every flower picked contributes to the enhanced livelihood of these Egyptian farmers. 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 <laughs> and now for the that. second description. So the personality of hibiscus, tart and sassy, a real show off, herbal power, supports the cardiovascular system, beautifully refreshing and delightful. Hmm. Reason to love. What's not to love about hibiscus? (laughs) A gorgeous heart. (laughs) Okay. What's not to love about hibiscus? Um, it says it's most widely used as a pleasant, tart, and tangy beverage, mm-hmm. often with a little sweetener added, sometimes with lime or lemon, unserved ice mm-hmm. or hot. So any which way, folks. Um, and the taste is tart, tangy, mildly fruity, and lemony. Mm-hmm. All right. Are you ready to try this bad boy? I am yeah. so ready. All right. Let's get the show on the road. Starting impressions. Lovely color. Kind of a raspberry I have a shirt that color. It's one of my favorite shirts. That sound. Got good horns. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. It smells red. It smells red. That's really interesting. Doesn't it? Huh. Yeah, it does. It does. It's kind of got like a. It's not just fruity. It has like a. It's like a berryish. But it's like flowery. berry, but it feels like. I mean, it's a flower, so. Earthy in a good way. Yeah. That smells really good. I also really, really love the color. It reminds me of raspberries. Yeah. And if you two know, I'm a hoe for raspberries. That's our, that's our right. joint spirit right. fruit. Right. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah raspberries. That's right. That yes. If Gabby and Hannah were fruits, you guys would be raspberries. All right, so what do you think about the mm. taste? Let's let's describe this. Let's see what you feel. Oh, it's more lemony than I thought it would be. Oh, yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. I'm not tasting as much of the flowery notes mm-hmm. at all. It's yeah. It's predominantly lemon it tastes like muji do you know the store muji yeah so if muji made a tea this would be it no but like they have like a a smell that they put in the in the store store. oh and it kind of smells or tastes like this Hmm. okay so you know we looked at the tea we smelled the tea we um you know, we, we the tasted tea? the tea. We, <laughs> we, did. we, we, we haven't. <laughs> we did. We got the ASMR. We, we didn't touch the tea, but I don't know if I want to touch the tea. I, I touched it with my face. Okay. So we did touch. <laughs> we used all. We, we utilized all five senses all, with this. Oh, senses. yes. So let's, um, let's say we were to drive to Granola, USA to go to traditional Overland? medicine. <laughs> <Overland>. <laughs> Actually, this is in... Oh, it's in Sebastopol, California. Oh, California. That is uh, pretty. If we were to go to West Coast, 
Go to traditional medicinals. Talk to some. Talk to some farmers. Oh wait, no, this is farmed in Egypt. Talk to some tea people mm-hmm. from this corporation. <laughs> what would we tell them today? What would we tell traditional um, medicinals about I this tea? I would tell them. I would ask them because I'm really curious. I know this is the type of brand that would make like female wellness tea and like what is yeah. in those like what what is female like do they just what what is well for females don't get don't get deflowered so i would ask about their female wellness tea and if they're trying to yeah. like you know uphold some like defloration agenda <laughs> <laughs> I don't think sleepy time tea works any better than any other type of tea. Thank you. Hot take. That's true. I mean, chamomile does the trick. Right. I mean, tea itself makes you sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think sleepy time tea, like in a clinical study, would sleepy time tea produce better results than other forms of tea? We should tweet that. Yes, please (laughs) do. They're getting a lot of... Sponsor me, please. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Today's sponsor, this today's episode is (laughs) not sponsored by... (laughs) (laughs) All right, so for today's topic of discussion, we're going to be talking about gender representation and TV and film and how, you know, how it's made an impact on how we view society, how we view gender, how we view our own femininity, and as well as, like, what are some prominent examples of such that have that we were immersed in growing up. So I guess the first question that I have for both of y'all is, um, let's go back in time to when we were kids, right? So what are some um, examples of some positive gender representation that stood out to you? It might be hard, depending on the time, to find any positive representation. But if you could find any mm-hmm. from that time, yeah. what would you find? Um, I was a really feminine kid. And so, like, the kind of typical female, like, quote, empowered characters didn't always appeal to me if they were, like, more, like, boyish or, like... Yeah, like the, like, tall right, kind the, like, of Interesting, right. okay. Yeah. Um, but I was really always drawn to, like, narratives that were about very, quote, girly-girl narratives that in their kind of way were very female goodness. So, like, the <laughs> Rainbow Magic Fairies, all about oh, that. Oh, yeah! <laughs> yeah. Like, Ella Enchanted... Yeah totally there for it yeah kind of like stories that were about like very like feminine girls that kind of validated that in a way that wasn't like this is stupid in the way that we're told like you have to be feminine but then you have to feel bad about it yeah but like you can't (laughs) care about it right right you have to just look hot but if anyone catches you checking your nails right 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 then you're vain stop being vain (laughs) Um, next top model and so i guess i guess just books and tv shows that were like look at these girly girls they're like princesses they're fairies they're wearing pink but like Mm -hmm. they're smart and they're caring and they can do stuff with themselves so yeah yeah um when i think for my fourth birthday Mm -hmm. um one of my mom's friends got me a dvd box set of gem and the holograms oh my god from the 80s (laughs) which is like now i've watched it and like there's a little bit of like problematic Uh stuff in there right um but I was really into that. I was into the kind mm-hmm. of like really femme, like, like TV show, pop right? mm-hmm. sort of look. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm when oddly I, not surprised by that. I feel when like I you still little, are, like, like, I think about how much you love Lady Gaga and like. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm going through like a weird phase of that also. Oh, uh-huh. Um, I got this like hot pink 
Adidas jacket at a garage sale. I saw that. That's yeah, really, it's, it's really it's cute. My new, it's really I almost cool. didn't buy it because I was like, that's crazy. I'm not going to wear it. And but now I you. walk around looking like Ariana Grande all that's the time. That's so good. Being five foot two <laughs> and hot pink. Yes. Um, <laughs> I remember having this image of myself in high school when I was like a little tiny child. Like mm-hmm. I, I was going to be like magically blonde. Yeah. And like wear high heels and have boyfriends yes. in high school. Like that <laughs> was how yes. I saw myself. It's very like Hannah Montana influenced, I think. Like That's that so kind funny. Of, there was that kind of Disney Nick era of like bratty bitchy is cool. Oh my gosh, I have so much to say on that subject. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I, I feel like that one, that hit me mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Hmm. hmm. It's interesting because for me, like, I had to. It's as if I had, like, two dual different, like... All right. So here's the thing. I was very into Disney princesses. Mm-hmm. Mulan's probably my favorite because oh, she's so fucking badass. That is actually such badass. a good movie. I love Mulan. It's just a, such a well-made movie. Have yes. you ever seen it? Oh, it, my God. You would love oh it. Oh, my God. So you got and it. And the music is great. It's so good. So I was into a lot of Disney princesses, but especially Mulan. Mm-hmm. But I was also really into superheroes. Mm-hmm. But I did not... A, mm-hmm. Not female ones, though. Like, the Hulk and... Just like Spider Man. So would you not, like read the comics or the movie? Oh, I would. I would like watch the, like um, all the Spider Man movies. Oh, I would right, watch. Like I, oh I had God, a couple of Tobey com- Maguire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved action figures, mm. so I loved the Hulk so much. I would like cuddle nice. it as if it were a teddy bear. Oh. And like, oh no, oh, my dog's scratching at the door. It's not good. It's a new <laughs> door. Let she wants just... to talk about gender representation. Yeah, let's let her in. Yeah. Oh, she's. So Hi, funny. baby. Hi. Come on in. Hey, baby. That's my dog, everybody. My dog Nala just walked in. She just entered the I building. Think she's kind of taken to me. Oh, that's cute. Um, hey. No, yeah. So I guess I guess there's that. But I think the one. Oh yeah. What do you want to say? Sorry. Um, <laughs> no. Sorry. Um, I. This is not from my childhood, but I fucking love Moana. Oh, oh I have not. I have not it's watched really Moana. Moana is like. I feel like she's kind of like the most ideal we've gotten so far mm-hmm. from like mainstream like public, Disney yeah. stuff. Cool. Like, Moana, she's she's a princess in that she's like related to the people who are in charge, but she's also going to be a person in power, right. mm. and like she has that responsibility and she takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. That's and cool. She goes on this journey with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, <laughs> and they're like friends, and they end up kind of respecting each other, mm. and it's not about like a love plot or right. like. And then people write weird, really weird fan fiction about gross. their relationship. Uh, <laughs> of course they do, because people no. freaking suck. Um, but I was gonna say, um, the thing that influenced me was that I noticed a lot of the female characters had like poker straight hair in any like show that I watched, in any film that I watched. And so that made me really hate my hair. Yeah. And I really and I wanted to straighten it so badly. Aww. And my mom was like, No, do not, like please don't and I never did, thank yeah. God. But now it's nice to see that there's a lot of um, representation of women with natural hair. Right. Yeah. And now it's like, so it's a lot more accepted, which is really freaking cool. Right. And like, but. I mean, I, in terms of hair representation, I've been lucky to be very represented in that mm-hmm. I have, you know, like straight white hair. Um, but I remember being like, when I was, whenever I was playing like Disney princesses with my friends, yeah. it was like, you have to be Belle or mm-hmm. Pocahontas or Mulan. Oh. <laughs> Even though... Because your hair is dark. Because your hair is dark. And because we're, we're blonde, we'll be Cinderella and Rapunzel and the other ones. Um, yeah. Even Ariel was my favorite. Oh, so great. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, yeah. I mean, I guess 
there's that, but was there any was there anything of that sort, like any similar experiences that you guys had in terms of like seeing yourselves being represented in media or not seeing yourselves? Like, is there anything that you felt self-conscious about as a result of there being a lack of in media? Yeah. I think like, I mean, this this doesn't really have so much to do with gender, but... I mean, we can we can go outside of it for... Within, yeah, absolutely. So within, if we're talking Disney princesses, so yeah. like as a Jewish person, the Jewish women are generally not represented as kind of like... We don't get to be like the protagonist, like quote, pretty main character in the way that like, if you yeah. think about like Mother Gothel from Tangled, um, she's very, she's coded as being Jewish. Like she has dark curly hair. Oh, I she's didn't got, even like, look at it from nose. that perspective. Like, the fact that she's like kidnap kidnapping like Aryan German children. Like oh, she's wow. very yeah. much coded as like how people in 1500s Germany thought of Jewish people. Um, and like just kind of, you know, although I think that, like, everybody knows what it feels like to see, like, Disney princesses, and they're all very kind of, like, from a very specific culture and a very specific class. Yeah. And, like, I think that no, very few people who felt kind of happy with their Disney princess representation, you know? That's true. Yeah. I mean, but even even outside of that, like, even outside of Disney princesses, do you feel like there are still certain things about the about media at that time that made you feel self-conscious? Or even now, we can step into now as well. I kind of feel like this is also not super gender-related, but, like, yeah, no, I was a kid. My parents were never married, and they were separated my whole mm-hmm. life. Yes. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of me. very, like, mom and pop kind of, right, like, right. Yeah. we're all in the house. And like, if your parents aren't dad, together, it means that one of them is dead. So yeah, like you're either <laughs> yeah. you're either an orphan, yeah, or like you live like little happy family, and so there was kind of none of that to say yeah. like I think that's actually something that was really great about Lilo and Stitch. Have you seen Lilo and Stitch? Yes, not in a long time, but it was very much about like found family and yeah. Really nice. I thought that was really sweet for sure. That's actually a really good point you brought up. It's funny I didn't feel a similar way though. It's I always I did always want it to be my mom and I, and then when someone else would step in, I'd be like, wait, what? <laughs> There could be two parents, like in a. I just, yeah. I never really imagined it's it to so be. Strange. It's funny because you think you think of media as like it's all separate microcosm, right? And then once you actually see parallels of it in your life, you're like, oh, actually, I mean, it makes sense. But when I was a kid, I was like, life Whoa, imitates art. What? Right, right. Um, <laughs> in general, like, what other media did you guys consume as a kid? How do you feel like that's influenced how you view things now? I've always like this is just like something about me is that I've really like never been interested in reading or watching or interacting with like narratives that are exclusively about guys and like I feel like women and girls are expected to accept media about guys and guys don't have to do that for media about girls Mm -hmm. so like Mm -hmm. in the way that you know every person every like there's so many people who have like read Harry Potter and like Harry Potter it's got some really awesome women in it but like it's about a boy Mm-hmm. And the point is, there's there isn't a series that's like about a girl and a girl's you know yeah. journey to adulthood that like everybody will listen to, everybody will watch, everybody will read in the way that point. like yeah the movie like okay I'm bringing it back to Lady Bird because I love that movie Me so too. much. Um, we watched that together, didn't we? Oh yeah, we yeah. Did. <laughs> <laughs> um, like that is a really great movie, but like every guy I've spoken to hasn't seen it or was like, oh, it was like, whatever, it was dumb. Mm -hmm. And, like, obviously they're not going to, like, understand a narrative about a 17-year-old girl, but, like, they they should be expected to... But they understand a narrative about a wizard. 
Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember, That's true. I remember, I have an older brother, and, like, I remember it was always, like, we can watch a superhero movie or about a guy, or, mm-hmm. like, if you want to go off and watch a girly movie, like, we're not all going to watch that. Like, oh. that's your thing. Like, and so I've I've never liked movies that, like, whenever, whenever my family would be like, oh, we're going to watch a movie tonight, I'd be like, does it have any girls in it? Because I always, like, wanted that. Yeah. yeah. No, um, for sure. And now I feel like, I, I always felt kind of, like, weird about it, and now I kind of feel validated in recently, recent years, and, like, Mm-hmm. I can be like, no, I'm, I'm kind of only interested in watching movies that have women in it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting point. And I, I remember I was talking about I was talking to my friends Matt and Lily about um, we were talking about creative writing because they're both English majors, and it's funny because if you think about it, the first kind of media, well, other than paintings and visuals, that was really in existence. Well, it was painting and visuals, but also a lot of written text. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, initially a lot of the times with a lot of texts that are a part of the literary canon, they all are very centered, or, uh, they're all very centered around men. And since mm-hmm. that's how people yeah, consume media God, at the time, totally right. yeah. it influences how people write TV shows and movies. Right, and the fact all stems that, like, what uh, people read. in high school English, it's like, you read Catcher in the Rye, yes. you read The Great Gatsby, you read, you know, a picture of Dorian Gray, which are great novels. But yeah. like, I feel like if I were a high school teacher, I'd be like, you know what? This in this class, we're gonna read like Virginia Woolf. We're gonna read like some Jane. We're gonna read Jane Eyre. Mm-hmm. We're gonna read like some E.M. Forrester. He's a guy, but he writes a lot of really great stories about women. Like, yeah. What would the typical like English canon that we learn in high school English be like if it was like about women? You know, it's so yeah. much about men. And same with history too. I mean, it's every subject. True. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which is funny. That's why when I was a kid, I never gravitated to a lot of books. Like, Harry Potter wasn't my thing, but I really loved Ramona and Beezus. Mm. I related to it so much. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know, I think with TV and movies, it was hard to see that kind of character. But I think now it's more prominent to see a character like Ramona. Is her name Ramona? No, it's not was Ramona. Ramona the older Ooh. sister? Oh, no, Beezus was the older one. Ramona's was the like Selena the. Gomez yeah, <laughs> and Joey was, King was Ramona. I was a big fan of Matilda. I forgot about that. Yeah, because I was I was so small as a kid. I was like the smallest Uh kid in the class. Um, Been there. (laughs) Yeah, you and me, Hannah. Yes. Um, uh, And I had I had like dark pin straight Mm -hmm. hair like that. Well, just like you look. Like I the, I knew the, I looked like the Quentin like the drawing Blake on the drawing, cover yeah, yeah. like I was like it me yeah and <laughs> <laughs> it me it's funny um I definitely did a little bit of like staring at things and seeing if they would fly uh-huh. didn't work <laughs> um, that was me Sorry. no it's all good that was me during like my Jean Grey phase <laughs> have you seen um what's it called Dark Phoenix yeah. I haven't have you no, no okay I heard it was like I'm not an X-Men person eh, oh I love X-Men like so X-Men? much um I don't know just superhero stuff in general mm-hmm. actually but not Marvel funny not enough Marvel, not MCU. but no mm-hmm. um that's but the I, only one I've followed oh no yeah I haven't really followed that one mm-hmm. too much but I was gonna say there's been a, some backlash with Captain Marvel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of guys that are like oh it's just fine like whatever <laughs> well or they'll oh there would be like oh Captain Marvel's like too much like she's too over yeah. the top too in your face uh. how do you guys feel <laughs> how do you guys feel about comments like that um, though Okay, so I went to see Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, I didn't think it was so as like good of a movie as like Wonder Woman. Like I thought Wonder Woman. Wonder was, like, a Woman better was great. Movie. Agreed. But I think that if 
Captain Marvel were like about a male superhero, people would be like, yeah, it's just like a good movie. Like, I didn't think it, I thought it was great because I thought Brie Larson was great. I love her. She's awesome. And Mm -hmm. I think Captain Marvel is awesome too. Um, And I thought they were saying some really interesting things about gender and that they were saying like, I don't know if you guys, have you guys seen it? I haven't seen it. I haven't. Oh, well, basically like, so she's super powerful and she was like getting trained by Jude Law, which is like. Okay, it's Jude Law. Um, <laughs> but he, she was kind of, like, about to use her powers and, like, kill him because she's way more powerful than him. And he kept being like, control yourself. Like, hold it Calm in. down, honey. Calm down, right. You're being emotional. You can't use your emotions. And so the whole thing of the movie is then, like, near the end, but a little, not really that many. It's fine. I think everyone's... Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's been, like, three months since yeah. <laughs> Um, But she basically was like, no, I'm not obligated to, like, play play fair with you like I don't I don't have to prove to you anything I don't have to like be calm around you I'm more powerful than you like yeah fuck you (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh, pardon my language sorry no you're fine it's all Um, good yeah so I really liked that um I thought it was does she kill him she doesn't because she's he was like kill me prove your strength haha I've trained you so well and she was like I don't have to prove to you that I'm stronger than you and so she just, like, beat his ass and just kind of left him. Or she, like, dragged him back <laughs> nice. somewhere. She was like, you're a nice. prisoner now. And she, she was like, yeah, I don't care about you. I'm just, like, so much better than you. And I was like, yes, Brie. <laughs> Named after a cheese. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, nice. So I feel like it's so important to have the representation of there being a female superhero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they did a good job. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but I always know that, yeah. I think for me, and when I was in very into superheroes as a kid, um, I was more into male superheroes mm-hmm. than female ones. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just felt like the female ones, they always they always had to wear like these skin tight suits. Oh, like oh they God. were, they always had to have their hair pretty in every fight. Like always pristine and i'm just like that makes no freaking sense though right. yeah. if you're fight if you're fighting like powerful bad guys right. yeah. I was like, like why i'm just gonna stiletto like, you to uh, death yeah i'm like Daenerys what targaryen in game of thrones like she's riding around oh, here we go dragon. oh can we Let's talk not, about this oh, here we go we need no 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 game of thrones it has to be like its own segment <laughs> does it have to go we have to like wait and then give ourselves like a designated like time frame so we can just like screech yeah because i want to screech with you but whatever I do. Okay. We um, can. You know what? We, we could talk. I feel like it's relevant here. We could talk we just about it. Start. Yeah. Should let's freaking, let's freaking go. We oh, started. Let's okay. go. Okay. Okay. Um, to preface. Um. Well, this. Everything. Hold on. This podcast is about gender representation. Okay. So we don't need to gender. go into the whole thing. Let's talk about but gender. D and D. And we can talk about Sansa too. Let's talk about yeah. Sansa. Oh, let's Sansa. start out with Sansa. Okay. Can I do a little spiel about sure, Sansa? Yes. Okay, let's go. So, for those of you who don't watch Game of Thrones, so there's a character named Sansa, um, and she's a young woman. Um, and her family is killed. It's very sad. Um, and she kind of gets passed around as like a, (laughs) as like a pawn for a lot of the show, but she's a really like smart person in her own right. Um, and we kind of see her grow. We see her like start to play the Game of Thrones herself. Mm -hmm. Um, she's one of my favorite characters. We see her interact with a lot of like very powerful people and people who have like very different moral codes than yeah. what she was raised with and mm-hmm. like starts to like interact with those yes. things. And so like she's around all these like bad people that are really powerful and she kind of like learns from them in the way of like these people are powerful but they're like bad people and she is inherently a kind person um and she's very feminine too. So like this yeah. is something that I've I she I've been really drawn to her because I like her strength too. comes from like her compassion, her kindness, her intellect. You know, these very, like, traditionally feminine traits. Mm-hmm. Um, and so basically, 
the showrunners were like, okay, instead of having Sansa hang around and learn some more about politics, we're going to put her in this really brutal rape-revenge storyline. Um, and the way they introduced this to the... Which, was that in the books? No. 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 There was a different character yeah. and it made sense for the... It was like a different thing. Yeah. Um, for the fifth season, she was like getting raped. She was just... It was like It just was like deeply troubling to watch. There were a lot of people who were like deeply like triggered by the episode because yeah, they just did such a bad job of depicting sexual violence um but also by two like straight white yeah, anglo-saxon right. men the they didn't consult they, if you no. write about that sort of thing you have to like you have to talk to people yeah. who've experienced that because you can't you can't write people if you don't understand that so anyway basically from there they were like okay this is how because basically the you know the um, the dude bros who'd watch Game of Thrones, they never mm-hmm. liked Sansa because she was, like, girly, and they were, like... God forbid. God forbid. They were, like, women who are womenish, but <laughs> that doesn't work oh for us. Oh, my God. Um, women who are not men? Right. Uh-huh. Women who, like, <laughs> respect other women? No. Um, and so they kind of viewed this as, like, her, quote, fixing, and, like, mm. basically for the past few seasons since then, she went on, like, this rape-revenge storyline in which she would, like, wanted to murder her rapist, which is a reasonable feeling for somebody to have. Yeah. But they were pr- framing it as, like, she's badass and violent because she hates her rapist. And, like... Yeah, like, <laughs> we, we've, we've turned her into a man. We've given right. her these violent now tendencies that she's, that violent, she's Now she's hardened. And now, now we can consider her strong because she's acting like a man. Right, and so in the recent episode this season, there was a scene in which she was talking Oh, I hated that hound, scene. And, like, she was saying, Ugh. like... Well... I have, she bit, I have kind of mixed feelings about this. Actually, right, right. I think that she was basically saying, like, all my abuse kind of made me who I am and, like, helped me become stronger. Which oh, God. I think is, like, a valid thing to say if your experiences help you to grow and help you to change. But I think what really matters is, like, the fact that these were male writers who were responding to backlash against how they wrote Sansa and mm-hmm. that they like they wrote that scene because people were pissed about it and like uh-huh they were like no this was imp- like they it just felt like whenever like they were defending right. it so in the end mild spoiler the show ended a few weeks ago you probably heard about this Sansa ended up being queen which is probably cool. what's going to happen in the books too but like it just and she was but she was like alone yeah, her she family was, left her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she pretty much has said, nah, yeah, no, we're going to be independent from the Seven Kingdoms. I'm and, queen of the North. And yeah. she kept... Wistress. She's mean. I mean, she's like a... She, she's like... Yeah. They keep being like, she's badass because she's mean. And like, yeah. does that does that make somebody badass? I mean, like... Yeah. I think it can sometimes. And I think it's important to be mean sometimes, but like... It's important mm-hmm. to allow it, but it's not like... That doesn't necessitate right, you right, being respected. Right. Yeah. In that in that women should be seen on equal footing as men, we should get away with the same amount of bullshit as men. Yeah. Yes. But also no one should be getting away with as much bullshit as they do. Right, right. I Not mean true. I mean I think it's really interesting in terms of like gender representation in media is like, you know, we had, you know, the nineteen fifties and like movies that came out of the nineteen fifties and their representation of women. Leave and, like, it to Beaver. I love <laughs> <Lucy>. <laughs> um, oh my God. Yeah. I love Lucy. But, but like, it, you know, in decades since with, like, oh, yeah. you know, second wave feminism in the 60s and 70s and then kind of, like, girl power in movements in the 90s, 
um, it's really interesting to see different, like, quote, empowered female characters and different, like, quote, empowered traits we've gotten along the way. And, like, one I think is, like, mean equals empowered mm-hmm. is something we've seen in, like... That's kind of similar to, like, the Hannah Montana bitchy right, sort of right, thing. Right, right, yeah. right. I remember, like, when we were, like, maybe, like, nine or something, it was really cool to be mean. Like, yeah, was, yeah. Do you guys really? remember that? Yeah, I remember that, like, seven, eight, yeah. nine. I felt yes. like there was, there was a lot of, like, snapping. Yes, like, it was... <laughs> a lot of, like, don't make me snap my fingers <laughs> in a Z formation. Um, <laughs> it became really cool to be, like... I, like, I remember even, like, okay, I love Percy Jackson, but I remember people being, like... Annabeth is cool because she's like mean to Percy, and like yes, we should be like mean to men when they're when they deserve it, which is yeah. often sorry guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, Don't tell them. Um, I think there was a big like Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. I remember Disney Channel. There was a lot of a like lot of that. Mean is cool. Like it was kind of like it was like sassy. Yeah, like right, and that's like. Cool girl. That, yeah, a lot of like hair flipping. Yeah, it's funny now that you say that. This makes so much sense because yeah. I was never into Disney. I was mm-hmm. more into Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. But all the girls in my class would do like the hair flipping, like <laughs> hair sassy flip. kind like, of shit. Nail but check, like, but like you don't know how like to paint your nails because you're six. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like kind of rude. And I'm like, where's this coming from? Yeah. Why are people just rude? And now yeah. that you're saying that, I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, like, specific examples. I remember, like, Hannah Montana. Yeah. Like, just, like, I have, like, specific, like, Disney channels, like... There like, was some on, like, Wizards of Waverly Like, Place, Victorious like, or something. Oh, just, Victorious. Like, super, like, People liked Jade. And Jade, Jade was, like, the mean Jade. one. Oh, yeah. She was the mean one. She was, like, goth and for, kind like, of... There were a couple it, implications it, of, like, Jade has sex that were, like... Right, it would be, like... It would be, like... Yeah, it would be, like, Jade... Like, where'd you get that coffee? And she'd be like, it's none of your business. And people would, like, the laugh track would be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's really no, yeah. interesting. No, yeah. So that, because that, with with me specifically, I was mainly into, like, Spongebob, Fairly mm. Odd Parents. Nice. But, like, even, even outside of Nick and Disney, I watched Malcolm in the Middle every morning. Like. Brian Cranston. Yeah. No, it's such a good show. But I would just watch stuff like that. So I think I was, I think I managed to evade mm, the yeah. whole, like, bratty, sassy phase. Nice. I was, my parents were really strict about, like, TV. Like, I, I was allowed to, like, watch movies, but I never watched, like, I don't think once. I don't think I've ever seen, like, an episode of Hannah Montana. Like, really? I was I maybe never watched allowed one. to watch, like, cable TV, uh-huh. no Spongebob, no fair, sometimes Fairly Odd Parents if I was being really good. It's so um, good. But I watched, like, a lot of, we had, like, movies that we would watch, kind of on repeat a little mm-hmm. bit. And I w- my parents would also subject me a lot to, like, Studio Ghibli movies, which I think would be oh, really great so to discuss. Oh, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then I watched, I got really into Avatar The Last Airbender, which is so amazing. good. <laughs> so good. We, we didn't have cable when I was, yeah, like, a yeah. young child. Mm-hmm. And so I would get, like, like, some of the regular news channels on, like, Sunday mornings would play, like, backlogged Disney stuff. So I'd mm-hmm. watch, like older that's so raven and like oh, things like so that good. a little bit there was some hannah montana mm-hmm. it was like that kind of mm-hmm. stuff but i didn't get like a ton of it i remember knowing that other kids got to watch that stuff all the time right and being like oh like i'm out of the loop mm-hmm. hmm. like maybe overcompensating a little bit for it i don't know hmm. Hmm. but i was wondering so how do you because so you said you fell out of the loop when you weren't you didn't have too much access to cable TV. Like, how did you feel? Because you couldn't watch TV um, as much, yeah. I remember I had a friend who also didn't watch TV, and we made it into, like, this weird thing of, like, 
it was cool to not watch TV, mm-hmm. which oh, is just okay. like, it's neither cool nor not cool. It just is. Yeah. Like, some yeah. people watch TV and some don't, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but So we would be like, oh, we're so original, <laughs> which is like, makes sense if you like know me. Like, I would be somebody who'd be like, I'm so original for not watching TV when I'm seven. Um, <laughs> and you'd be like, we only watch Totoro in this house. Um, <laughs> in my Christian household. <laughs> Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so oh, yeah, but about Studio Ghibli, because I'm going to be totally honest. Mm-hmm. I don't know too much about Studio Ghibli. Uh-huh. But do you feel like there was some positive gender representation in their movies, whether it be Spirited Away or what I else do they do? do they, wait, do they do Ponyo? Wait, no, hold on. I don't love Spirited Away. I love Howl's Moving Castle. My mom showed me Spirited Away when I was like three it's years old. Terrifying. And it scarred me. Um, <laughs> I have seen like every Studio Ghibli movie. I okay. love them. I think they have really incredible gender representation. Lovely. Okay. Um, mostly about, uh, I wrote actually a paper about this in high school. <laughs> um, mostly about kind of treating women and girls as kind of just people. Nice. Um, okay. And not putting them too much on a pedestal and also understanding that every girl and woman will kind of fall differently in terms of their, you know, female identity. And like, Mm -hmm. there are going to be some women who are more feminine and some who are more masculine. And like, we should be valuing them both and valuing their traits. Um, And like, take Spirited Away. Um, It's just like a really great story about a child. And she's kind of... spooky. It's really scary. It's so spooky. But she's really... (laughs) I think the, the girl, her name is like Chihiro or something. Mm-hmm. She's really allowed to be a child in a way that's really refreshing. Um, and we see her grow. You know, she's with female characters, we often see them like if they're like empowered, then they're perfect. And the whole point of Chihiro is she starts out and she's kind of spoiled and like a little bit like she's like, nah, she's like grumping. And like we see her grow into this more kind of well-rounded person. And it's so much about just like, treating her like a person and like yes she is a girl and that is something that comes into a like comes into play but like she's a child and like we she's a person child you know like yeah (laughs) Um, but if you take you know princess mononoke or um nausicaa of the valley of the wind the main character nausicaa so she's named after nausicaa from the odyssey who famously like thinking of yeah she saves odysseus and okay um, she's this kind of like maiden who's really kind um, and Nausicaa, she's like this kind of sci-fi hero, action hero, but she's also has all these traits that are so traditionally feminine. Yeah. Um, in that she, her whole power is that she, you know, sees, she loves the insects. These, there's these like giant insects mm-hmm. that like eat people sometimes and live in this poisonous forest. And her whole thing is that she, she's like, she doesn't want to kill the insects and she's really peaceful. Can be kind of compared with like Snow White's connection with animals. And, like, okay, movie interesting. Snow White. Mm-hmm. Except with her, it's kind of this power. It's not like demonstrating how innocent and virginal she is. It's like, it's po- she's powerful because she like sees the that these creatures are creatures and that she like, should... Protects them. Right, she stuff. protects yeah. them and she doesn't want yeah. to kill them and... She's so, like, empathetic and so kind towards everybody. And and there's a difference in that sort of representation of, like, respect versus, like, maternal, Mm -hmm. like, a maternal position. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of, like, like, if you, like, Ned Stark. Mm -hmm. If Ned Stark was a woman, it would have been much more about, like, I want to protect 
like these people and it would be posed as a more maternal sort of thing right right good point Uh, like whereas when we look at ned stark it's Mm -hmm. like he just like respects everyone so hard yeah yeah um and like that's why he's such a powerful character yeah and like it sounds like she has those sorts of traits also yeah yeah and it's interesting as well because um in terms of the whole like caring about nature sort of thing Mm -hmm. and mother nature as a whole i mean it kind of shows that there's power within that as well, within yeah. having within having respect for no- Mother Nature, mm-hmm. with ha- when having yeah, because I feel like with nature people see it as like this delicate kind of feminine, right. beautiful thing that's like, but to that's have also like, there to like yeah to cater to our needs and yeah. like yeah and um, to control yeah. right and yeah. to like dominate it. I yeah. was having a discussion with a friend a little while ago, and um, he was saying that we should not always value feminine traits because some masculine traits like um like some feminine traits are less desirable such as like submission and i was Mm. kind of thinking about that and like the concept of submission like the most kind of fundamental like dominance and submission we see is like how you know white people colonized america and dominated nature and dominated cultures that weren't their own Mm -hmm. in a way that's repulsive um and like is it a like is submission necessarily and submission is traditionally female i mean biologically Mm -hmm. it's like a female thing yeah if you just look at like nature and like we see submission as like a bad thing in our culture because our culture is so male yeah um and we see dominance as like dominate everything and like like assertive assertive yes um but i mean like better women are so taught not to be assertive and that like your needs are secondary and that even speaking your needs is the same as fighting or being contrary or something like that yeah um and so we're like we're just taught to shut up in those ways yeah well what's interesting is then we're like like it's like oh then why aren't women if women have things to say why aren't their voices why aren't they saying them yeah hey it's because we're being brought up to feel like our voices don't matter yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) and especially when we see like survivors of sexual assault speak up and then brett kavanaugh still gets put on the supreme court yeah of course we feel like our voices don't matter and like yeah (laughs) yeah it's funny. I think that's um, one of the main things that's still carried over for me is that it, I find it hard to be assertive at times. And mm-hmm. I'm working on it and I'm getting better, but there's a long time where I'd say sorry all the time, well, you know? Or yeah. I'd just apologize for no reason. But I, yeah. I found it... There was a time where I, fi- I found it really difficult to be assertive um, just because I was just... Not only just media influence, but also just in, on the macro in general with cultural influences, it found it was difficult to do so. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to feel judged at all. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's kind I of... I mean, there yeah. is, like, a fear of, like, women being, like, quote, too much. And, like, yes. if you're too assertive and you take up too much... I mean, I'm a very, like, loud person. I like to talk a lot. Like, I have a lot to say. Good for you. <laughs> as, you should, as you should. And, like... like <laughs> I mean, I think you both would understand because you're both very, like, smart yeah. people with a lot of just I feel like all of us yeah. are, are like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like, we're shamed for kind of wanting to take up space. And, like, if you look at, I mm-hmm. was um, in my, I took a first year seminar in college this last semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and we viewed in the class this clip from The Little Mermaid in which, like, Ursula, the which sea witch is like having her big like scary song yeah she like talks about being sings about being a villain and Mm -hmm. like her whole what makes her so like 
quote gross to the viewer is like how much space she takes up like if you just look where her like just watch where her body goes yeah Mm. she just takes up so much space and it's like Ariel in comparison is like this tiny tiny person with a tiny little little fish (laughs) like a little fish and like she's like oh I'm just here in the corner like oh tiny little woman Um, (laughs) and like Ursula's like oh my god this scary woman and she's taking so much space and like I think that really has to do a lot with fat phobia and like true this idea that like women always have to be like tiny and like tall women are in a it's like tough for tall women in our society because we're expected to be like smaller than men and like mm-hmm. but also but with runaway models it's like oh right. you have to be tall because <laughs> oh, yeah. if you're short god forbid but then you have to find a man who's taller than you oh yeah. <laughs> god why yeah. are the rules I have, I have a friend who, who works at talbots and there was this <laughs> she, i always hear all these really funny stories from her um and she was telling us about this woman who was like oh you because she's really tall and she was like oh you can't wear heels like f- to go find a guy and she's like first of all I'm a yeah, lesbian but like yeah I can <laughs> yeah. um yeah so no yeah I was gonna say um that this reminds me a lot of um the Shakespearean play The Taming of the Shrew uh-huh mm-hmm. oh and yeah how, uh-huh. oh my yeah. god yeah <laughs> <laughs> 10 things I hate about you <laughs> oh yeah 10 things I hate about you oh my lord um oddly enough I, I loved that film yeah. when I was a teenager well, now I think I'm that's like a really uh, interesting example when was it made like 90 something 1999 oh I think god. it's a good example of like mean is cool but like in a weird like but then they're like oh you need to be tamed though right, we gotta but, tame that but shit they still, I, still, I still remember tame like, that true <laughs> I mean I, I watched it for the first time maybe like two years ago and she, yeah. I was like they, everybody was saying like oh she's so like weird and it was like oh she reads Sylvia Plath and wants to go to a small liberal arts college that's mean yeah um, <laughs> um, but like she was mean and I guess it's like we shouldn't it's, I think the mean thing is interesting because there's I kind of, there's like a mean line like, of mean, <laughs> like, there's not all mean women in media are represented equally. Right, right. There's yeah. like, there's a cool sort of mean, there's yeah. like Hannah Montana sort of mean, there's like post Ramsey Sansa sort of like revengey, unnecessary revengey, like, mean, yeah. badass mean. <laughs> and then there's like too mean. That's like, oh no, this is not cool. Like mm-hmm. now you're evil, right? Like witch sort of mean. Yeah. It's like now we gotta kill you, right? Right. You're too, yeah. Yeah. It, it's very inconsistent, though, isn't it? Oh, it's like the yeah. views of yeah. it switch depending on like. For example, I'm gonna bring up Game of Thrones again. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like, would would Dean? Uh, we haven't yeah. gotten to Daenerys yet. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like, for example, um. Daenerys was painted to be this mad queen. She's lost her. She's gone nuts. Like, oh no, burning King's Landing. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert. Yada yada yada. Yeah. I mean, they just hate women. But also, <laughs> but also, a lot of characters have done much weirder shit. Like yeah. Arya yeah. killed this. Oh like, my god, Arya murdered an entire house. She's yeah, and psychotic. and literally like put it in a pie <laughs> and, and like, forced the father. Bad. to eat they were like, like it's um, it's so yeah cool. i mean that's just it's that's so just weird they, they're so every yeah. every person in power in that show has like killed traitors yes taken yes. cities it's the fucking taken states you have to that's yeah. what they do that's how oh rulers work and then all of a sudden they're like hold up when daenerys does it she's crazy yeah it was like saint Tyrion is such a moral man now and like Oh, yeah. So Game of Thrones, Daenerys uh, Targaryen. Yeah, I mean... It- I loved Daenerys. I was like, 
Yeah, you no, know me what? Too. Like she's five foot two. Like she's really boss short, queen. Yeah. We have the same body type. I love that. Hey, <laughs> hi. I'm Amelia Clark, and welcome to Tea for Three. I'm Amelia she's Clark, really and welcome to Tea for Three. Hey, um, first celebrity guest she's on her show. Great I love her. Um, um, I was like, I am her. Like I relate to her yeah. on such a deep level. Like yeah. all kinds of stuff. And then they just like they went this weird route with her. And like it's valid if they want to make the storyline that she becomes her father. Mm-hmm. That's a choice they could make. Yeah. The way they made it was terrible. Was not okay. No. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Um, part of, I think, what was really repulsive about it was that she started out the storyline and she was this, like, person. She, you know, we first meet her. She's in this marriage. She gets... She's so young. She's really young. She gets raped. Yeah. She doesn't get raped in the books. But bottom line, she's raped in the show. Um, and she, she slowly, we start to see her take back her power in a way that's, like, amazing like yeah seeing yeah. her take control of her marriage and then she gets the dragons and then she's like taking things in her own right in a way that's just so like it's yeah. this narrative of like yes. take back what people take a de- from narrative. you a denarrative ah. yes. <laughs> and like lovely so what made Daenerys so like yay love this is like it was a story for people to look at and be like this is this downtrodden woman, and she becomes the champion of the downtrodden. She's like yeah. freeing slaves. There's like some weird like white savior stuff in there that's kind yeah, of questionable. That's, that's what um, yeah, that's yeah. Um, but her whole narrative for the first like five, six seasons was like, this is this person. She's who's trying been, to be a good person, right? And yeah. is she doing it perfectly? No, right. It's about, but she's like doing her best. She doesn't want right. to be like her to be a good a, person. It's about a survivor yeah. and somebody who's been hurt by a fucked up society. Gain, taking power for herself and, and like trying to change it and trying to change it she's saying i want to change this world that's yeah. fucked up and so for them to be like know the type of person so like let's think about what they're saying they're saying mm-hmm. that if we encounter a woman who was yeah. sexually assaulted and treated like an object and you know over time took back control of her life you know became powerful in her own right became independent became self-assured became confident we're saying that that woman is be, was doomed is to be, to become you know a like crazy tyrant it's a like tyrant with all they, the like hitler imagery right, at the we, end. Yeah. No, we should be saying that um, that woman is like yay this is why i i know it's such it's so cliche to say but this is why we need more female writers writers, yes, writers. Really important. we need more they female actually, writers i'm amelia clark <laughs> <laughs> um they did see amelia clark said it so yes it's true <laughs> so since since the disastrous end of game of thrones they've done a lot of um like apologizing like <laughs> <laughs> Um, analyzing of, like, what exactly happened. And so there has been a decline in female writers. They used to have female writers in the show, and they stopped around the fifth season. Okay. And there's also Mm -mm. been a profound, or, like, not profound, a stark, haha, stark, decline (laughs) in amount of words per minute. Decline? Yes. So there used to be, well, there used to be a lot more, like, dialogue. There's just, like, these long shots of Tyrion, like, having sad boy hours. And, like, (laughs) I don't fucking care. Um, and also, facts. also Him just walking across the, the like twenty like, minute, the twenty minute uh, fight scene where they took down the entire White Walker army that had been. <laughs> it was just like a lot of like squish ASMR. With <laughs> 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 like an, occasion, an occasional coffee cup cameo. Oh, God. Um, right, but oh, another example like, of like mean is cool is um, Leanna Mormont. So yes. like, oh, the, the little girl, yeah, the little girl. So oh, I, I love I, her. I She's so cute. cute. She was really cute. Yeah, but people were so quick to be like. 
she invented feminism because she was mean to Jon Snow. And like... Well, Jon Snow deserves it. Jon Snow yeah. deserves meanness. He's a whiny but bitch. Like, <laughs> people were just so quick to be like, she's mean... So that makes her cool. But I think she was really cute. And also she's in the worst world. Like, also, yeah. like, <laughs> they just, they abandoned all of these female characters' motivations and, like, basic desires, you know, yeah. in a way that, as, as in the writers and did that to the, the female the male characters. narrative. Yeah, in a way that says, like, we don't respect what these women wanted. And, right. like, the way that they did the Arya sex scene I'm really mad about. God. And it's, hold on. Ah. It's not about like, oh, Arya's a little girl no, no. or like sex or anything like that. It was, it felt like the writers were like, hey, we want to give Maisie, what is her name? Maisie, Maisie Williams? Williams? That's right. We yes. want to give her a sex scene. So let's do it. And they basically justified it by having her say like, well, we're going to die. So let's have some hashtag YOLO sex. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like, Arya Stark has been about to die for like seven seasons now. She, yeah. With every one of her like last breaths, she lists the people she wants to systematically murder. <laughs> That's not an impulsive character. <laughs> that is not a person who interacts with death in that way. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden she's like, uh, fuck that. Fuck right, everything right. I've ever wanted. I'm just gonna have sex with Gendry now. Another yeah. thing that was really gross about that was... Side boob. <laughs> <laughs> um, was they basically were saying, like, we wanted, you know, when they were defending it, they were saying, like, we wanted Arya to have, you know, this kind of sexual coming of age. Um, but, and they basically treated it as though Sansa had had a sexual coming of age. What? Which she didn't because no, she did rape no. isn't sex, guys. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> um, and so basically oh, they were saying like, so it's it's been for the entire show, sex has been part of Sansa's storyline. But she has not had sex. Um, but also like, why does the sexual coming of age need to be quintessential right, why does it have to the to happen for a woman? Yeah, um, you don't yeah. see that for any of the male ones. Right, right. Yeah, um, um, so, not some of them, but some, like, but, but only the ones that it's relevant to. Big Dick Podrick. <laughs> um, um, but like, but like, yeah, no, it right, was sorry. it was kind of like we Sansa had her sexual coming of age because she was raped. Okay, no, um, and now Arya needs that too. But like. It is never sex and romance has never been part of Arya's plotline. Never, it never no, been part it's of just her it sounds not relevant. It's it just sounds not weird. relevant to her, and like yeah. it's it's just not needed. And so for you to, this is like me speaking like to, speaking straight to D and D. I'm just like you've hurt me. <laughs> if, you've, if you've listened to this, listen up, bitches. If you listen to this, dear at D and D. We're gonna have to tweet um, a bunch of things from this episode. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're basically saying that like. First of all, all women need to have a sexual coming of age. Mm-hmm. Not true. They're saying that rape also, counts as a sexual coming hetero. of age. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they're saying that like you need to get manhandled in order for us to right and sort of respect like, you, but we won't then. Another either. thing that really yeah. frustrates me is like the viewer, you know, the dude bro viewer, typical dude bro viewer of Game of Thrones, has always really loved Arya and really hated Sansa. And I think that's partially because she's kind of, <laughs> because she's more violent, and I guess... I mean, she's she's the tomboy archetype. Right, she's the tomboy archetype. Yeah. And I think it's great that she has, there There must be, there has to be representation of non-feminine women. Yeah, and like Arya, yeah, absolutely. Brienne, like, that's so important. But there has been like a, she's better and more empowered than Sansa because she's Mm -hmm. less girly girlish and like then they were kind of like I feel like there's the peak the quote peak female character we see in media is like boyish enough to be like 
one of the guys. One of the guys. Crack open a cold one. But she still has to be, like, sexually appealing for the erotic male gaze. Um, Oh, my God. And so, like, that that episode was basically, like, Arya is now, quote, badass because she's violent and likes to murder people, but now she's, like, sexy, too. And, like, everybody's going to be researching, like, Maisie Williams' age to see if they can, like, fap to it. And it's, like, gross. Gross. It's gross. Gross. That is, yeah. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, that's also that's something I never related to in media was like the whole um, like sexual stuff with a lot of female characters because that was never a big part of my life anyway. Like it's not it's not something that ever huh. came around too often. It's not like uh-huh. something I felt like I needed in my life to feel mm-hmm. complete. So when I see a lot of like female characters that are that are vying for a guy or that are always getting some action somehow, I just maybe that's true for some people, but mm-hmm. I never found it true in my case. And well, it made I, me feel yeah, a little self conscious. I think it's really important to have like representation of different types of sexualities, not yeah. just like in terms of heterosexual, homosexual, bi, pan, whatever. Yeah. Um in terms of like the everybody's gonna think about their sexuality differently. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and people approach it differently. Right. And that's yes. straight people approach being straight differently. Right, right. Yeah. Et cetera. So like Sansa from the books is somebody, her sexual coming of age is something I really relate to in that she's a super, like, imaginative young person. And so she she's very, like, idealistic about things. Yeah. Um, and she loves, like, fairy tales and, like, ro- sweeping romance. And, like, that's not really the real world. And, like, the way her sexuality manifests and, like, she has sexual fantasies explicitly. It's about the hound. Um, Ooh, <laughs> the it's hound. It's really funny. She, like, makes up. In the they, books? Yeah. Um, they what? don't kiss, but she pretends that they kissed. Like, she thinks about it. Like, it's really... <laughs> but, like, I relate to that because I relate to, like... Oh, my Lord. Like, <laughs> I wouldn't have kissed the hound, but I would have, like, fantasized about it. Like, and so I feel very representa- rep- represented in terms of my sexual... Like, the way I approach my sexuality. But, like, yeah. hmm. I have a very different sexuality from, like, another person who might feel more represented by, like, Daenerys' sexuality. And, like, that's I, good. Like, yeah. I too feel differently. Okay, yeah, um, that's like yeah, the point. Yeah, yeah like, which is the point of this <laughs> yeah. show. Um, in that, like, I, when I was younger, I was like very like interested in like what is sex and like what mm. is being sexy. And I think I don't totally know where that came from. My parents were very like open about that sort yeah. of stuff with me. Right. And I was like, I was interested in it at an age that's maybe not that healthy <laughs> um, and like but, but like I yeah. do relate to Daenerys in a certain way like yeah. I, I also have some sexual trauma so like that was part of like oh, okay. oh like she is like dealing with that and taking power in a mm-hmm. way in a way that mm-hmm. I also didn't totally relate to Sansa's experience yeah, yeah, as much totally. because of like how it became like it became very focused on Ramsay Right. Oh, yeah. well, like right. Well, that whole like we just don't have to consider anything past season four. Like. Gotta get him. <laughs> um, and yeah. So like yeah, yeah. I don't know where I was. Right. Totally no, going you're totally. That. No, it's yeah. all totally good. Right. Um, yeah. And Daenerys like has totally is like a very like it's part of her character is like she is a sexual person and like yeah. it's celebrated in a way that's really great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, it's interesting because with Game of Thrones specifically in terms of, you know, depictions of different, how people view sexuality differently. I mean, I guess I forget that it's like an adult show. Well, I don't forget. <laughs> it's hard There's to forget. There's a lot of boobs <laughs> and a lot of gore. Side um, boob. Side boob. Side boob. Side boob. 
(laughs) (laughs) I mean, I wish there were more kid, like, not kid shows, maybe just, like, teen shows that Mm -hmm. maybe depicted sexuality in, like, a healthy, Mm -hmm. nice way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I mean, you watch Degrassi, you watch all these teen shows, and it's always like, oh, you need that, like, you need, like, the passion-filled, like, unhealthy relationship. Unhealthy, like, people get pregnant, like, there's also bitches like, get chlamydia, yeah, like, it's, like, like, so oh much, God, like, weird like, stuff like, about, like, virginity in, in like, oh, teen TV shows. I yeah, remember that, yeah. like, it would be, it'd be like, is she a virgin? Yeah. yeah. Which is also, like, really fucked up when you consider, like, sexual trauma <laughs> stuff, because, yeah. like, yeah. that's, like, is she a virgin? Did something bad happen to her? Right. And now maybe she's not, but, like, was it like against her will like there's a lot of like that's just it's really yeah. icky to like value that about a person when it might not be in their control and stuff and that also really bothered the thing you said about um how they didn't tell Sansa or oh, yeah, Sophie they, like, Turner made it a prank. Oh, that God. like because <laughs> if she as an actress like if someone did that to me like they don't know that she doesn't have sexual trauma they don't right, know that right. that is going to like not trigger her like that might be something that she needs to deal with and yeah. that's okay and like yeah she deserves to have time to deal with that but you need to be transparent about it and when you're handing like, the script yeah over. you like you don't be like psych like you know because they 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 don't know her history right, they right, don't know right. how she interacts with sex and stuff and even if you don't have sexual trauma that can still be really hard. Yeah, totally. For oh sure. God, totally. Really, really hard to do and deal with and I mean, like I think process she emotionally. Hated doing it too. I mean, like, yeah. Um, no, for sure. And like, I feel like a narrative, a thoughtful narrative about sexual violence could be something that is like a good thing mm-hmm. if it's like well done. I'm trying to think of an example. I guess um, we wouldn't. We also wouldn't know of like an actor's, you know, her personal yeah, like, story. Yeah, like, and that's not like, super relevant. But in terms of just treating an actor fairly, right, right. yeah, for sure, it's important um, to I'm be trying to think transparent of like, an exa- and like respecting like a, an, an actual person's boundaries. Yeah. yeah. Like, Wait, what, what are, are some thinking? examples of like positive, positive like, representation, like a representation that's well done of like mm. sexual violence? Oh, that's. A- <laughs> Let's sit here and think. <laughs> Oh, that's this. This is gonna take Pause. me all day. <laughs> I mean, what would it mean to I have that? I don't know. I mean, like, I also I have feelings on like. Actually, there's one. There's a Degrassi storyline. Mm-hmm. Funny enough, that actually protects. That actually. Drake, 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 Drake. Drake. Um, <laughs> there's actually there's a storyline on Degrassi that depicted sexual violence and the aftermath of it, fair not extremely well. Because, you know, it's a show and they have to... There's other storylines, so they couldn't delve too right, deep. Right. Mm-hmm. But um, it's this girl named Paige, one of the characters on the show. She gets um, she gets sexually assaulted by... I, th- I think it's a, a guy friend or whatever. And for a while, she keeps it to herself. She doesn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. But then there's this whole character arc when she really comes to her own. And she's like, no, he did this. And mm-hmm. he's going to have to suffer consequences for huh. it. And so what happens is that, you know, um, she re- she reports it to the police. Like, they have him put on trial. Like, she's there. But she's there standing her ground and giving her testimony and being a strong woman. And unfortunately, like, he's found not guilty. And they, they oh, he's, he gets off scot-free. Yeah. But like for her, the ba- the main thing was that oh she she was able to to um, be pu- to go public with this experience and to be strong and to give her testimony because a lot of pe- it, a lot of times it's hard for women to give their truth on that sort of thing because it's a very touchy that's, subject. And that's interesting because I feel like a lot of rape narratives are very focused on like traditional ideas of justice. 
Oh, and okay. Like, punitive justice and like let's get him. That's let's lock really him up. Let's right. protect other women's virginity. Oh, interesting. And interesting. I never looked there at it from aren't that perspective. There are that many stories that are focused on like a woman having this happen to her and her dealing with it. Right. So and her having to like right. interact with like now you have to deal with your own sexuality, your which is body, still there, right? yeah, and, like, and your relationship with your body, and your relationship with other people, and you have to find a way to do that in a way that's healthy. And fair, like, okay. We don't see any storylines about like people receiving support or like people being like, "No, I don't think I want to have sex with my boyfriend right now because I might have a panic attack." Oh, or like uh-huh. that's an interesting point. I mean, this is then again, this is like coming from someone that. I've never, thankfully, I've never experienced any, like, sexual trauma or sexual violence, so maybe my perception of what's a positive, not positive, I mean, but an accurate representation is different, because I have no idea, so I really don't know. There's absolutely value to that sort of thing, and there's value to stepping forward and, like, to getting people punished if you can, although that's also really hard just because of our disgusting justice system yeah tweet at brock turner um (laughs) gross Ew. Uh. (laughs) like there's merit to all the different ways that people Mm -hmm. handle it um Mm -hmm. but in terms of representation it's also it's a much more male sort of view Mm -hmm. to say like look at this strong woman like going to the police and following her civic duty um rather Hmm. than to say like look at this woman who maybe didn't report it and maybe she maybe she told her guidance counselor and her guidance yeah. counselor told her to shut the fuck up and go back to math class. Right. Um, and like here she is like crying on the couch with her mom. Like yeah. there's not a lot of just like how it impacts women. That's so interesting. It's making me think about like where that came from. And it probably yeah. came from like, you know, a time in which, you know, a daughter was considered the property of her father and like mm-hmm. her right. virginity was the property of her father. And yeah. so if a man were to, you know, rape a young woman it was like he was stealing something from her father and mm-hmm. so there was this kind of like vengeance related thing to it of like you took something from me that yeah. i you own? took something from me you took something from my family right, right. something right. that is that holds external value right right mm-hmm. beyond just like her as a person and yes her and like instead of focusing in on like oh this woman may have experienced something really terrible and like we should be following her you know reclaiming her sexuality you know figuring out what works for her like just rediscovering herself we tend to focus on like it's time to like we lost something and like we have to take back what yeah we deserve and like <laughs> take back what was ours there's just so many like <laughs> rape revenge, rape revenge oh, plot lines out there it's yeah, kind of yeah. yeah um i think because uh, I, I, I it's unfortunate i can't think of any positive examples of i like no. i think that's part of why i relate to daenerys so much yeah is because i saw a little bit of that well, it was about yeah. her it, it wasn't was, about exactly it was about her it wasn't about her like yeah. having um, to chase down ramsey and like and having no 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 to kill daenerys him. right i know but like oh in the yeah, way yeah, that yeah. it was for sansa like it yeah. was about her like she's a it's about her it's yeah like, not and, about and her <laughs> taking control of it in a way <laughs> that is positive mm-hmm. fair yeah um, I mean, I don't know. Are you guys familiar with Elizabeth Smart? She was this woman in maybe the early yes. 2000s. And she was Sounds kid- familiar. She was like 12 or something. She was like kidnapped from her home and like kept captive and like oh raped. God. And it was really I just. I don't think I've heard about that. She was like mm-hmm. held captive for like a, like a year maybe. I don't remember. I really don't remember. Okay. But like bottom line, this really terrible traumatic thing happened to her and her body. Mm-hmm. And she said in her, I watched her TED talk and she said in it um, that her mom said to her, 
after, you know, they got, they locked the people up um, responsible. And her mother said to her, the worst way that, you know, you can hurt these people that hurt you is by growing yourself. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's something we totally don't see. Yeah. In yeah. that, like, we, you know, with Sansa's storyline, we saw her so much focused on, like, hurting Ramsay and, like, oh, it's so reasonable for her to want her to hurt him. Like, that is, makes a lot of sense for her to want to hurt him. He hurt her. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't That's see like her hella like hella valid, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't, but we don't see her kind of like want to reclaim herself. Like we see yeah. her want to reclaim and, her title. Yeah, and like trauma healing is based on like reclaiming control of your body because like yeah. trauma comes from instances in which you lose control yeah. of your body, whether that's like rape or like violence or a car mm-hmm. accident. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's that you don't have agency and you don't have control and healing doesn't come from hurting other people. Yeah. Right. It's also worth noting though that in terms of, you know, media um, portraying rape in a way that's not accurate, I mean, it's important to note that that's an all around thing and that it's even I don't know, when in terms of male rape for instance, like that's that's something that happens, not nearly as often as women getting raped, but men mm-hmm. get raped too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's almost never talked about. And if it is, it's, it's used for comedic effect. I oh watched this, yeah, I watched right. this like or video. Or just like pure violence and like dominance. Yeah, mm-hmm. like yes. in prison shows. Like, yeah. oh, I well, like there's a part um, where um, someone why. almost rapes Theon Greyjoy in Game of Thrones. It oh. is raped in the books. Um, He's like running away, and then it's right before Ramsay comes and gets him and acts nice for a minute. Oh, uh huh. Um, like there's this right, like there's this, women, there's this like yeah. band of like men like in the woods oh, who like kind of like shoot him. They like shoot his horse or something. They like get him, and they like almost rape him. And then Ramsay right. comes in and like kills all those people. Well, even then, but that like, was very about like control and right, dominance. And like the, we weren't gonna talk yeah. about like. The emotional implications on Theon Greyjoy. Right. Like, no. <laughs> um, in terms of like the comedic effect thing as well, I watched like a video essay on it. There's a scene from Wedding Crashers, and, um, and it. it's a scene with Vince Vaughn. No, I haven't either. It's a scene. <laughs> <laughs> Watching video essays. None of us have seen. seen it. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's Wedding Crashers. <laughs> um, there's a scene where you've <laughs> seen Wedding Crashers. You're allowed to judge us. <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene where with Vince Vaughn and Isla Fisher. And Isla, Fish- and Isla Fisher is like, oh, she's like she, Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah, right? <laughs> she like wants the sex. She wants sex from Vince, oh, uh-huh. right? Freaking, she like, okay, she wants it right freaking now. Yeah. So she ties, she ties him to a bed. What? Yeah. Right. So, which is highly problematic. Okay. She ties him to a bat, a bed. She yeah. like gags him. Yeah. And then she's like on top of him, and it's played for laughs. Like this That's is supposed right. to be hilarious. We heard consent. And then they consent. cut it to purity for three. And then I they cut it to the next I love consent. <laughs> <laughs> and my eyebrows go to all sorts of different places on my forehead. <laughs> and yeah. the Tony goes, the, the Oscar goes to Amelia, Amelia Clark's eyebrows. eyebrows. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so in terms, so even it's different because with um with the depiction of like rape for women it's well it's played for like you said the civic duties brought into it it's meant to like like har- justice like yeah. justice also, yeah. a lot of, like, not civic pitiful. duty with rape but like yeah, justice yeah, no, 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 after the fact yeah, there's a lot it. of like damaged woman things about it yeah. like it's often used to be yeah. like this woman is broken yeah, and, yeah. like i remember oh, let's not even bring up 13 reasons why the Girl who, uh, uh, Hannah, whatever Han- her name was. Uh, was her name Hannah? I'm sorry. Hannah. No, it is. <laughs> you know, her name was Hannah. Hannah Cavanaugh? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so she, she is raped 
in a scene that's really upsetting. Yeah. Um, and I think it is important to represent that, like, Hannah Baker, that's Hannah her Baker. name. Um, mm. and I is thought that the actress or the character? The character. character. Okay. And I thought they did a good job in terms of, like, showing how it was hard for her to be heard mm-hmm. when she voiced, when she told her guidance counselor about it. They were yeah. like, what do you want me to do about it? But the way they depicted it was very kind of, like, this poor, broken girl, and her mascara was running down her face, and yeah. she looked, like, pretty, and then it was, like, sad, and she was so sad and traumatized, and, like, yes, a survivor would feel traumatized and sad and, like, all sorts of wrong with their in their relationship with their body, but, like, when we make it into this kind of, like, just idolization like of, like, damaged and women like, and, like, oh, yeah. like, how, like, the sad woman, like, oh, she's right. so vulnerable oh. and so sexy, like. Yes, yeah, and it was, like. Oh, like, she's been broken, I can save her, I'm a she, man, oh, she's broken, like, all so that, that sort of that stuff. That was what like, led her yeah. to, her suicide was, like, she was broken by this man. Yeah. And it was just, like. She was crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches be tripping. Bitches be Especially tripping. Daenerys Targaryen. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lord. Um, Ella and I were talking about it, and. One of the funniest things she said to me in a long time is that on Game of Thrones, you're either a man or you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean, what's really interesting about the women in Game of Thrones is, like, I think for, since the show's beginning, almost, like, every female character who's depicted as, like, being, quote, empowered is either violent or, like, has so much weaponized sexuality. Like, if you take, like, Marjorie you know Tyrell. Both of them, those things is uh, the red woman. Oh, God. She's wild. <laughs> yeah, she I is. I call her off-brand Florence and the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry, go on. But, like, okay, so, like, Marjorie Tyrell. hmm So, her whole thing was she was, like, she's got empowered sexuality. She's a virgin, but she's hot. Yeah, right. She's, like, the sexy virgin. <laughs> oh, God. It, you know what they always say is, like, but also, be like, sexy, but don't have sex. Yeah, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of, <laughs> is she it's actually weird. a virgin, though? Because, like, there's that one scene she has with Sansa where Sansa's, like, she's, like, um, <laughs> right, Marjorie is, like, oh, Marjorie is, like, women like all different types of men, and, yeah. like, you learn what you like when you, and like, Sansa's you learn like, what you like sexually, huh, huh. and Sansa's, like, <laughs> well, how do you know all this? Did your mother tell you? And Marjorie's like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, sure. Yeah, I mean, like, well, so that's a really big plot line in the books. I don't want to go into the books that much, but basically Marjorie is 16 in the books, so oh, it's cute. not, she's not 30-year-old uh, Natalie Dormer. Um, <laughs> I love consent. And she doesn't rape Tommen like she does in the show because Tommen's 15 and the character of Marjorie's, like, in her late 20s. Um, that actor, uh, what's yeah. her name? Natalie Dormer was actually like yeah. deeply uncomfortable with filming the like post coital scene with Tommen. Um, they don't have sex in the books because Tommen is like eight. Um, and he's baby. We in A Feast for Crows, which is the fourth book in the series, we go into Cersei's perspective and she's batshit crazy. That's she's that's kind of her thing. She's that's, the yeah. only yeah, batshit yeah. character. Yeah. Um, and her whole thing is she's like she's like Marjorie's a slut because. Cersei's whole thing is like she has just so much internalized misogyny and she just yeah. like hates oh, other God. women. Oh yeah. And she's like Marjorie's yeah. a slut and like she thinks Marjorie is she's like Marjorie's totally not a virgin and like what a whore. She's like so not a virgin. Yeah. What a whore. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I'll see you at lunch. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I, I I can't help but feel like the like the media also influences. Um, you know, how we view women who are deemed promiscuous and how we view men. Because with men, it's oh, like, yeah, oh, it's like men are freaking bros <laughs> if they sleep with multiple right, women. Right, right. But if a woman sleeps with multiple men, it's like, boo, it's whore. Like, why are you throwing you away know? your virginity? <laughs> oh, to bring up another thing. Yeah, um, sure. 
I went to see, <laughs> I went to the movies recently, and there was a trailer for this movie called Anna. Oh, um, okay. Which is from the same director as that movie Lucy, which had Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. in it. So this movie Anna, um, it's about this like Russian supermodel. She's like totally beautiful, like super tall, like she's just like pretty, you know, like whatever. Um, and so it's like, you're very talented. I've seen the trailer. It's <laughs> popping up on YouTube. And it's like, you're very talented because she's like a good model. And then, but she's also <laughs> like an assassin. And so she's like kicking butt and like killing people. And it's like, when she's I went sexy, to, she's violent. Yes, exactly. So yeah. she's like, the, quote, the empowered woman. Yeah. So I was in the movie theater and, um, my, it like, they played that trailer. I was with my grandmother and she was like, that's what they do at Smith College. And I was like, ha no. <laughs> but also like people... I heard people, like, in the theater were like, whoa, so badass. And, like, oh, my God, that's that's what people think, like, a strong female character is. Yeah. Is, like, a violent, sexualized... Yeah. It's, it's a masculinization. Like, <laughs> right. It's like... She's there for men. She's yeah, not there for you women. Yeah, you have to be... You have to be both what men want and what, they what men are. Right, right. What they admire in another like, man. What yeah. they see is, like, a force Which also to be admired. Right. And, and low-key kind of cuts into, like emotional labor like, oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole new treasure chest oh uh, god damn. how Special defining gems. emotional labor to my father is still a task i have not succeeded at um but like we're expected to be everything they need and everything they should be and oh, aren't. Yeah, yeah that's that's true yeah. I heard that um, Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron was, like, about a female assassin, but it was, like, she's a person, too. But I just thought of a representation of... You can't be um, a woman and a person. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. The expression you have, which is, like, <laughs> you dumbass. <laughs> but I just thought of um, a really interesting one to bring up, which is, um, have you seen Mad Max Fury Road? Yes, it's so good! So, also, so no. I think oh. that's a really great representation of... It is! A it really... ...sexual assault. Um, we meet these female characters. It's like this post-apocalyptic world or whatever. And there's these, like, wives of this o- overlord dude. And we don't get any, like, gratuitous scene where it's like, oh, so sad, pitiful, they're being raped. Like, oh. Like, we see proof that they were victims of sexual violence. They've written on the walls, we are not things. Like, mm-hmm. we are, like, we are people. Like, and they escape. And, like, that's kind of the driving plot of the movie is they're escaping Cat driving from... driving plot. They're in cars. <laughs> they're in cars. <laughs> um, and basically, we see them kind of, like... It's about them. It's not... Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, we see that's them... That's what I want to see. Right, we see it's them... Lightning really, McQueen, ladies and gentlemen. It's not, it's not the most, like, emotional, like... It's not like we see these women, like... That's... Oh, no, but, like... That's it's, okay. It's, like, we yeah. see them be, like, this wasn't good for us. And yeah. we're... The whole, like, plot of the movie is, like... We, we don't have... That's what the thing is, like, we didn't need, like, a gratuitous scene in which we could be, like, sad about these women being sexually violated. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was kind of, like, that happened, and it was a terrible thing, and the focus on is on these women who are, like, over... We're seeing them overcome it. We're seeing them move on. We're seeing them help themselves. Like, and I think that is such a great yeah, narrative. Yeah. Like, like, not every... It's a great movie. You should watch it. It's I, really now, good I really like you got it. You gotta see it. And, like, um, Charlie Theron's... Like not so cool. every <laughs> not every rape or assault or whatever story needs to be about like the emotional journey. Not a, it doesn't all need to be about anything, but like it does need to at least at the very least like mm-hmm. acknowledge the experience right. of the women, uh-huh. yeah. As opposed to just use it as a plot point. Yes, uh-huh. um, and like there was one of the one of the wives. She was pregnant, 
Um, because there's like limited fertility or whatever in the mm-hmm. post-apocalyptic world, and like why it was is that clear... every apocalyptic <laughs> it's like a weird thing they have? Um, <laughs> and it, she like understood that like he valued her for her uterus, and like that was part of it, and like she yeah. ended up sacrificing herself because like she understood that, and like mm-hmm. it was great. But the Charlize Theron character was also really refreshing. She wasn't one of the wives. She was this basically. She was like this woman who was like driving she was saving these women so it was this uh-huh. awesome like women bonding together yeah yes. yeah and the, her character was so like not sexualized in a way that was just like awesome it was refreshing it, it wasn't like it was like ooh, she's ugly because she's charlie's there and she's beautiful but like it was yeah. like it just didn't matter it was like yes. a whole plot line about who she was like she was a person yeah and she had emotions she was incredibly emotional and like she cared so deeply about these women that she was saving but it wasn't like oh pitiful violin like <laughs> it was like she's a person and she's not hypersexualized, and she's yeah. not like put on a pedestal and like i just thought it was great it was great such a good movie sure. i really yeah. think you'd like it um it's interesting though how you brought up um how in a lot of apop- apocalyptic worlds like fertility is an issue but one like which one i don't know i think one could argue that that in a way represents like the prominent role that women play in society and how we should acknowledge that like there's um there's this uh, film called have you watched children of men no. No, it sounds familiar. It's so good. You guys should really check it out. But the pr- pretty much the basic plot of it is that um, it's this apocalyptic world in which um, women are no longer fertile. So, mm-hmm. ki- like, and the youngest kid was, like, 18. Like, the, like no, like, it's like kids uh-huh. could not be born anymore. And literally uh-huh. the world was in peril. All, I mean, but one could argue, like, oh, that represents the prominent well, women play in society, but that could also represent, oh, then that means we're only vi- valued for our fertility. Yeah, so right, it's a little right. bit, <laughs> it's kind of a, it's a I, mixed bag. I feel like Handmaid's Tale That's interesting, yeah. does it pretty well. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Obviously, like, Margaret Atwood is a woman. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, not always a given. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're reading rape and fertility yeah. and whatever stories. Um, <laughs> David and Dan. <laughs> Tweet it at you. Yeah. Uh, um, like, because in Handmaid's Tale, it's used as, like, a circumstance for seeing the experience of these women. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so much about, I mean... I'm, it's, a, it's about them, it's about them being them. these objects. And, yeah. you know, it's not about, like, gotta save the world because we need babies. Right. We <laughs> see that, like, that's such a bad point of view to have for society is yeah. like thinking that women are just uteruses that's not good no not good no <laughs> how do you guys feel about like trigger warnings and content warnings and Ooh, like good things point. like especially in the context of like sexual violence mm-hmm. ah that's a really good question um hmm that's a tough one i mean i think that they're valid to warn people because you know, there could be content that is triggering to somebody and, like, it's not good when it's kind of sprung up in a movie or TV show or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it is important to, like, just let people know. Um, I mean, to an extent, I agree. But there's times where trigger warnings go too far and then you wonder, like... I don't know, I think at a certain point at a certain point like people should be able to handle certain things i i I even trigger i'm talking about trigger warnings in general like Mm -hmm. outside of sexual violence um like for example i was in i was in a play and i was in like this one act festival of some kind and Mm -hmm. there was a movement piece about 
it was supposed to be about 9-11 that was like the initial but it wasn't blatantly obvious that it was about 9-11 like not at all like it just seemed like anyway but they brought up trigger warnings about that Hmm. and looking at those trigger warnings you'd think wow like this is going to be very heavy this is going to be um but then when you actually watch it you're like oh actually so I think to an extent trigger warnings can be helpful but then I think if they're if they're if they're used too much then in a way it makes people more sensitive and they can't face things that are actually happening in the real world that yeah. do it happen. I yeah. I feel similarly. I was talking to um a theater teacher of mine at Oberlin and he was saying that he is into content warnings but not into the like just the phrase trigger mm. warning which i think that's i good. Yeah, agree with yeah. as of right now which is that like it's not up to like the producers of a show or like any real given person to decide what's going to be a trigger yeah for that's someone. a good point right right um like all kinds of things can be triggers like it it's not just yeah, ex- yeah. explicit stuff like you know like you I know, mean, you can be triggered to, to a big experience by like that. hearing the song. Like, that's true. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, over the rainbow. Like, um, yeah. <laughs> um, true. And so, like, just saying, like, here is some content that's right. within this piece. Like, I'm not worried about like spoilers. Like, we're adults. Like, yeah. Whatever. It's fine. Um, yeah. And then allowing people to work off of that and make their own decisions yeah. about it. That's actually. Um, um, that's a I've great. noticed on like Tumblr that people have I think that people used to do a lot of like further posts mm-hmm. they'd say like trigger warning but now I see a lot of like content warning instead uh-huh. so like I think there has been that a bit might of a be shift taking off I don't know um, um actually content but, warning that's a term that makes more sense because if you think about it there's content warnings all the time yeah. if you look at like movies with Rated ratings right, yes right, right no I mean before every episode from HBO they're like content warning boobs <laughs> Beheadings. Yeah. I want to wear a shirt that says, like, content warning boobs. titties. <laughs> That's actually a really good shirt. Um, T for th- sponsored by T for yes. Three. Yes. <laughs> sponsored by T for Three. T for Three. And Amelia Clark. And, Amelia and Clark. her amazing eyes. I'm going to send to Amelia Clark. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, but I also feel like the idea of trigger warnings can get into a little bit of the territory of, like, I need the world to protect me yeah, that's from the bad things of it. the world, which is often a very privileged thing to be able to ask. Uh-huh. To True. say, like, I don't want to see this, and I need everyone else to take on that responsibility. Which yeah. is, like, like, people who have trauma or need this in whatever way, like absolutely should have access to like content warnings and be able to deal with that accordingly um but like the argument of just like it's not good to show rape because rape is bad i don't agree with because right, right, right. like yeah that shit happens like that shit happen, happens yeah. like it happens to people yeah you don't get to say i need the world to protect me from like things that actually like i might experience people who say live in like dangerous neighborhoods or like under violent circumstances or whatever like you might see someone get hurt you might see someone get killed and like you don't get to be like uh i need like the oberlin community to 
Like, do you think I that, don't? I don't want to see this. Do you think it's just a? You don't have people don't have that sort of access. I mean, do you feel like it's just a product of a byproduct of the PC world that we live in right now? Um, like to have to an extent, but I think it's. I would consider it more related to privilege. Okay, in a fair. Way. Like, just that idea that like the rest of the world is here to show you only what you want to see. Yeah, and that is kind of a. Excuse me, that is kind of a toxic way of thinking, for sure. Most people don't get to choose the bad things Mm -hmm. that they see. Mm -hmm. Like... No, yeah. And, like, you don't have to watch Game of Thrones. No one is making you watch these things with, like, content warnings. Like, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. But to say that we shouldn't produce media that has those stories is where I take issue. That's a good point, because then one could use trigger warnings as a way to, sen- as a form of censorship. Like, people could make, take yeah. it a step further and, and censor things for having content that's deemed troubling by a certain kind of culture. And I think culture, it's, it's important to cease. I mean, I think that, like, the TV show The Handmaid's Tale, I haven't, like, watched in full, but, like, I kind of know what happens. There's like, a new season. Oh, uh, yeah, third, my, mom, my mom loves Watch. that show. She watches, third? yeah. The third, the, um, the third. third, the third. But <laughs> I think that it, it's like, it. I think it's a does a really good job of like representing like survival of sexual violence and like survival of just trauma in general because yeah. it's a very like. There's a lot of stuff that's traumatic it's and so it, like up. just everything, um, and like, I think it's sometimes important to like. Watch that and like I mean, I don't think everybody should be like. You know, if you have an experience that makes watching that triggering, then, like, don't watch that. Yeah, but like, yeah. like, that's what those sorts of warnings right. are for. Mm-hmm. But that is that is content that we should have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it for is, sure. like, it can be very dark. That show can be, like, so dark. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> yeah. I guess the fear that I have in terms of, in terms of media and, and portraying, like, um, events that could be deemed, that could remind people of a certain trauma that they've had mm-hmm. or whatever is that... I don't know. I feel like that was initially used as excuses to censor certain books at like a long time ago or certain things. And mm-hmm. I don't know, especially with the administration that we're in right now and all that stuff. Yeah. I just I do fear it coming back to that. And, so I guess that's why we got to be more careful. It walks with that sort the of thing. line of saying we only want to see stories about people who have the privilege of not experiencing these sorts of things. And often that means men. Granted, we don't tell stories about, like, sexual violence against men very often. No, but, unfortunately. Like, we, by censoring narratives about that, source of tr- that sort of trauma, you end up censoring narratives about the people who experience that sort of trauma. Mm-hmm. And that crosses, like, gender, racial... Yeah, yeah, I mean, like... Class, all sorts of experiential mm-hmm. lines. Film, media, and TV is, like, kind of how a lot of people learn about stuff. And, like, if mm-hmm. you're in a... If you live in a world in which, you know, a society in which, like, people don't talk to you about mm-hmm. sexual assault and something like that happens to you, like, how are you going to know? And, you know, you'll, you'll, I'm imagining, like, somebody in some, like, tiny town. They don't talk about sexual violence. That It's, like, it, it's not <laughs> spoken about. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, how is somebody supposed to know, like what that is and like why yeah. they're feeling bad and like I think that that's part of it is important to have representation and that's yeah, that's the whole yeah. purpose of representation that, yeah. is like seeing like 
oh wait this is a thing like <laughs> yeah that's why that didn't that wasn't good like of course like <laughs> yeah yeah i was um i was gonna ask the, the it's a little bit off topic but mm-hmm. have you because i know you create your own content gab like you write your own so like, and i you do too in a way yes. like you, mm-hmm. you but do you feel like it's driven by maybe some things in media that you feel like need to be acknowledged more or do you feel like it's just yeah. like can we talk about um that? I'm actually, I have been writing for, like, a few years. Not, like, writing, but kind of, like, creating. Nice. Um, like, inspired by a lot of, like, fantasy and, like, novels. I've kind of told you about, yeah, like, all yeah. the, so I do a lot of, like, world building. And, like, I basically created this story. It's, like, I'm not going to share it because it's, like, really rough. But it's basically, like... There's a um, lot. There's, there's a lot of details. <laughs> there's a lot of details. But, like, it's, it's kind of, like, a fantasy world in which it's like based on our world but like what if structures were different and that there's so much in like the structure of our world that we can attribute to like it's like what if game of thrones was written by women yeah but like i haven't heard about it in like yeah, a couple years but so basically i've kind of created the story and it's like what if there was a religion like what if we focused a book on how christianity has or not christianity but like christianity has played an immense role in our viewing of female mm-hmm. bodies and female sexualities absolutely and like what if there was a religion that looked at female bodies differently and like Ooh. what if um there was a world that valued Spicy. that ha- like right so i do a lot of world building and like I'll, I'll kind of like create a <laughs> um <laughs> like create a world in which like what if like it's considered that because women, um, you know, are the ones who make people, they are the only people who can, like, rule people or huh. the only people who can kill people. Like Take that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if we had worlds like that? And, like, what would a f- fantasy... Like, I think it's really interesting. I think it's so important to write narratives within, like, the genre of fantasy that acknowledge... Like, I think that's something that A Song of Ice and Fire does really well. I mean, it nice. is written by an old white guy, but, like, they do... He does It a is? Good, Wait, really? <laughs> George R. Martin. <laughs> but I think he does a good job of, like, it's a commentary on, like, this is a structure that isn't good for that women. That doesn't work. Right? Yeah. yeah. And the whole point of it is it's, like, feudalism is bad. Which like, a lot of the, <laughs> the criticisms sucks. of Game of Thrones are, like... Look, they're being bad to women, but Game of Thrones, at least in the earlier yeah, seasons, it was about like, being at like, least like this under is bad like, <laughs> under George's watch, <laughs> it was not like the the view of the show wasn't we should do this. Right, it was, it was like look what happens when this you do doesn't this. Doesn't work. The whole purpose is like revenge, violence, like treating women like objects is not good. It doesn't. No. It's not good yeah. for women. Yeah. It's not good for men. It's not good for the environment. It's not good for. It's like it's mm-hmm. not good for anybody. So anyway. Um, Don't do it. <laughs> but we do see it is really interesting how fantasy genres have a hesitance to think about like a a world in which gender structures are different. So mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. if you think about like you know Lord of the Rings. Um, <laughs> there's that Side New York siren. <laughs> Um, Sorry, like Lord of the Rings, we're in New um, York, ladies and gentlemen. You know, uh, Chronicles of Narnia. Li- like, it is interesting how quickly people write women as still being oppressed, and like, I think hmm. it's so important. Like, what if we wrote one where they weren't? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, but like, what if we wrote one where it was just like different in that way? 
But yeah. what if gender was just treated differently? The main character, she is this kind of typical, like, protagonist. She's, like, you know, 19, and she's the princess, and whatever. Curly but the hair. whole... Let's do it. Let's is, do she, it. is she blonde? Um, no. She is not blonde. No. Okay. <laughs> um, she, uh, but her whole narrative is about basically, like, she was born into a birthright that her grandmother, who was the queen before her, like, built for her. And then it was... There were basically these, like... Mm, this group that's called like this like brotherhood and they basically embody like a toxic masculinity in the society interesting and so (laughs) it's a brat (laughs) and so the whole story is basically like they steal her kind of powerful birthright from her and but it also focuses on the male characters and so Mm -hmm. she has a brother Mm -hmm. and they basically are like no you shouldn't be queen your brother should be king because he's a guy and we focus also on the brother because like it's not a strict a structure that is good for him mm-hmm. is like this toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and then um her love interest also he is like a male person who is like a pr- like he has the approval of this toxic structure uh-huh. and so his plot line is learning from her and learning to like respect Ooh, that she really might cool. know better than him and Pride like and prejudice up in this bitch. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so basically that's that's what I'm working on. That's great. I love that. And you've written some Gabby, you've written some really amazing like sketches and stuff about Yes. Oh like, yeah. I was I was like, what, what? have I done? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done? Um I just released Watch it, everybody. Yes, um, check it out. A sketch that I wrote and directed. It is called Touch of Grey Women. Yes. Um, I'll, oh, put the, awesome. I'll put the link in the bio, <laughs> I promise. We'll promote. Complex. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Hannah. of course. Oh, my God. Um, uh, it's, if, if you don't know what Touch of Grey actually is, it's a real product. Um, there are, like, commercials for it and stuff. It's hair dye for men that... Um, you, you, like, comb in so it leaves some of your grey in. Oh, okay. Um, silver fox. Yeah, so you have, you have the, like, sexy silver fox. George Clooney. Look. Um, but, so it's like, look young and hot, but also be respected because of your age. Mm-hmm. Um, and the premise of this sketch is that it's touch of gray women, and um, it's just a gray wig that you wear to avoid sexism. Um, it's, it's basically, it's like, utilize ageism mm-hmm. to avoid regular there's a really funny sketch from amy schumer um it's called last fuckable day and it's got like (laughs) tina fey julianne moore like patricia arquette and so like amy schumer's like running in the woods and she comes across them they're having like a tea party and they're like oh it's like julianne moore's last fuckable day it means she's no longer the sexy wife she's now the mom Mm -hmm. right right well it's like there's a certain point and it's like women are no longer sexually right and actresses but just like female characters too yeah. it's like yeah. there's a certain moment where it's like that's it nope yeah and like I've spoken to like my mom and my grandmother about like like they've spoken about how like it's really interesting mm-hmm. and my grandma's like people just don't see you like postmenopausal women are just oh, not seen it's so incredible oh my god Jesus um, can we talk about scary. the um, and my mom's right at the moment where like that's that's happening, happening. like yeah my mom's so young your mom is really um, young mm-hmm. it's funny I feel like of all the media that's kind of fucked me up for a while, I'd say rom-coms, for sure. Oh. Rom-coms. Unrealistic oh. bullshit. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, especially... I get into my rom-com mindset. <sighs> you know what was such a great rom-com, though? What? Mm. Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, it was so, so good. good. Yes. Yeah, kind of. So, yeah. Yeah. 
in um, its I own way. Because it was like it's really really good. These are people; they're not cartoon characters. Mm. Although, and all yeah, the, and were, having but all not the main character. There's that <laughs> the one point was that everybody out. else was a cartoon character, but she wasn't. No, <laughs> there's that one that is either coming out or came out recently with um, I want to oh. say Rebel Wilson. Oh, uh, oh it's yeah, like, it's like a fake, romantic. It's like a joke. That was actually really cute. That was a cute movie. Yeah, isn't it romantic? I didn't. It's really cute. No, it was on. It's on Netflix in the UK or not in the EU. Yeah. So when I was in France, I watched it. Oh, I was gonna say, do you have EU Netflix? Because no. your mom is Scottish. No, unfortunately, it, it varies from region to region depending <laughs> on where you go. Um, <laughs> but I was gonna say, like, <laughs> you don't just like get citizenship to Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my passport. <laughs> I don't know, especially like having that the one true love that you're destined to be with, uh-huh. and and how yeah. you gotta pine for them, you gotta put in the work. And right. oh, I always thought, like, as a kid, like as a as a middle schooler, or high schooler, like, yeah, that that's right. I There's gotta put so, in the work. Oh my god, that's so marketed to women, and it's like women gotta put in the work and men gotta have abs yeah yes. have you guys seen um love actually no oh yes it's, god the yes. Kira Knightley plot line is just it's really bad so problematic and also she's like 17 where they're filming she's this so young. and literally her husband's like in her in his mid 30s so the Kira Knightley plot line yum yum um for those of you who don't know yes she gets married she's Kira Knightley she looks cute doing her Kira Knightley thing Kira Knightley um, thing Wearing that and, paper boy hat. Right. And so her husband's best friend is in love with her. He's in The Walking Dead, by the way. Andrew Lincoln <laughs> is the, um, and is the so guy. So they're getting married and he's the husband's best friend is like in charge of like taking videos and he just like makes this creepy ass video that's like her up close and it's just like I'm in love with Karen Knightley. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then no, she like goes to his house. He's like, oh hey, um, I made the wedding video. Do you want to come see it? It's really great. And she was like, yeah, like yeah, you took a video of my wedding. That's so nice of you. And like she goes to his house and he just like sits there and shows it to her. And it's like a her up close and it's like really weird because it's like oh. super stalkerish. I don't know. That's a gross one. I mean, I feel like rom coms have been better lately because people do like definitely speak out about cringy plot lines in rom-coms mm-hmm. um like there was that movie that um set it up it's on netflix yeah which i thought was really nice i thought it was cute i mean um, of course it was a little corny but it was right, respected right, for a rom-com right. but it was cute i think that corniness is fine but like there's a lot of i feel like often the narrative doesn't i'm just like thinking of like i don't know there's that one that's like she's out of my league I was, like, oh, looking through, like, yeah. rom-coms on Netflix mm. the other day. Oh, I watched She's like, Out of My League. And um, there's just so many just, like, was, weird, like... It was actually kind of good. I mean... But wasn't the plot line was, like, she was super hot, and she was, like, super... I remember there was, like, a scene... I saw this, like, ten years ago. And she was, like... They were, like, oh, do you want to go change? And she was, like, oh, it's not a problem. I'm not wearing any underwear. And everybody was, like... <gasps> Oh my god! Oh, I, I, <laughs> we have opinions about your clothing choices, um, and they're relevant. Oh, I didn't even. I, the point I was completely like she skimmed was over super that hot, part. and he was like this like dweeby guy, and it was like whoa, <laughs> she's having sex with him. And oh, there's also oh my god, there's score, that one with Jack bro. Black that's called Shallow Hal. Oh my god, oh my god. Yeah, I think it's got maybe like yeah. is it Cameron? D- it might be Cameron Diaz. Uh, what, Gwyneth Paltrow. Gwyneth Paltrow played yeah. the. And basically, what poop. happens is um, <laughs> she. <laughs> so I okay, the new snake soil. This salesman, guy named anyway. Hal is like super shallow, and he is like cursed or something and then like he meets this woman she's played by Gwyneth Paltrow and like she's super overweight it's like he 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 is cursed so he thinks she's super skinny she's he thinks she's hot and that's his curse but uh, yeah and then everybody's like why are you going for her and he's like what are you talking about she's so hot she's Gwyneth Paltrow 
and it was like, haha, why would anybody be interested in somebody who's like, like plus you, size? Like, you're not interested in yeah. fat girls unless they're actually. But also skinny like, <laughs> but also like Jack. But look, it's Jack it's freaking Jack, Jack Black. Black. But I think for me, the Notebook's also problematic as well. Oh god! Especially the scene where he's like, go out with me, or I'll kill myself. Yeah, and that's Cute. that's and yeah. that's supposed to be like, a, and that's supposed to be a nice romantic gesture. But I just think that's really freaking weird, and especially because she's never met the guy before. And we're just oh, expected yeah, to be like, yeah. oh, that's okay. You must like him. It's romantic. Yeah. Well, also, like, I think that there's, so there's, like, a certain genre of rom-com that's, like, fantasy rom-com. Like, there's also that one, like, About Time also has Rachel McAdams. Oh, I haven't watched About Time. Um, oh. And there's a lot of, like, emphasis on, like, guys who, and, like, the time traveler's wife. Yeah. And, like, women, like, totally losing agency <laughs> because of, like, the magical phenomenon like about time yeah. it's like this guy who like keeps them going back in time although you know i haven't seen that movie actually so like i can't really say it i saw it a long like, be like hey you can't ago. actually decide um what happened like just like yeah there's a lot of like fantasy rom-com plot lines that are They're like just, fe- women just have no agency <laughs> in yeah. the plot line there like, aren't any movies that are like hi i'm a woman and i am in a relationship with another person who feels equally responsible in this relationship and we're going to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's not... That's um, not except for... Um, <clears throat> there are no movies. Jane Austen's uh, incredibly iconic book, Pride and Prejudice. Oh, so good. Um, oh, my lord. <laughs> in which the whole plot line is Mr. Darcy needs to take fucking responsibility for his actions. Get your shit together. And yes. he is... Because he's rich, he doesn't make him obligated to not have... Not treat people well. Um, and the whole plot line is about Elizabeth being like, hey, get you your have, shit together. Yeah, get your yeah. shit together. Um, but it's funny how <laughs> it's funny how Jane Austen can can get it right. Like, because this was written in the 19th century, yeah? yeah? It's funny how she can get it right over 200 years ago. Mm-hmm. Or just about. But now it's like, oh, we can't yeah, get it right. It. No one listens to women. Why would you do that? <laughs> Why would you uh, get credit? So I'm, um, just because, like, that's how I, that's, like, what I'm like. I'm in this, like, Facebook group on facebook (laughs) and it's like it's like jane austen fans and it's all these like middle-aged wine moms add Um, me please you had me at one left actually because they bothered me so much because this one woman was like Uh so jane austen's books are chick lit and i was kind of like it's just lit so the genre of chick lit is is sexist in itself and shouldn't exist because it basically demeans literature meant for women in the way some that of them are bad. Some of them are bad, but there's also like a, the but that's not by even Judy Bloom. It's awful. No, I haven't. But like, <laughs> but, but, but but that's just the, bad we literature. Never, we would yeah. never it's not call even like, like chick. Dickens. I mean, like I'd say you can compare like, like Austen and Dickens most similarly. Like if you're talking about like a male writer, female writer, because okay. it's like about like social class and like commentaries on society, and there's like Dickens satire, um, and kind of similar era, and like we would never talk about Dickens's writing as like dick lit. Although no. <laughs> I guess we could, but <laughs> I am going to from now on. Dicklet. Dick yeah. yeah. Oh my lord. Yeah, but um, like there's no social view of like It's not taken seriously. Yeah. Of yeah. literature about men as being like, oh, that's for men. Right. No, I mean people like it's just real it's people just are willing to hate things meant for women so much easier. Yeah. And like you can have your own opinion on Taylor Swift. But there is, like, culturally an American hatred of Taylor Swift and, like, Twilight. Mm. Okay, Twilight's dumb. We oh can God. say it. Twilight oh is dumb. But I'm sorry. But it is not 
<laughs> it's like it's a dumb thing, but like, why do we feel this need? And it's like women, like I do too. Like I hate on Twilight. Like I've hated on Taylor Swift. I love Taylor Swift. Um, <laughs> but like, why do we feel a need to like hate things that are pleasurable for women yeah. and like impulsive yeah, that's and a good point. There's a difference between saying like this is shitty media. Right. Or right. like this media isn't good by this standard right. or metric. Yeah. And you can and say another, Twilight is bad. And it's another <laughs> yeah. thing to say like it shouldn't exist or the right. people who like it should like something else. Yeah. I just like if you take like One Direction, like I've spent so much like time thinking about how much I hate One Direction and like <laughs> <laughs> we're original and we don't have TV. <laughs> and like I think it goes down, it go, like, comes back to, like, I'm not like other girls. And, like, that is such a thing baby, that, like, you let in my world. Baby. Like nobody else. <laughs> um, you're not like other girls. You're not. Um, and, like, it's something that I think that I've internalized so much. I think that, like, so many women have internalized, like, yeah. I'm not like other girls. And wanting to separate ourselves from other women. And I think it is important yeah. to separate ourselves from bad women. Like yeah. Kellyanne Conway. Oh God, <laughs> I'm not like Kellyanne Conway. I was like, who's she about to say? And then it was it was worse. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, who were you thinking of? I don't know. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I was like scrolling through like who is Eve about to pin as a bad woman, and like I, the tier was was higher than the Kellyanne Conway <laughs> tier. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that that's something we often see is something like, okay, Princess Leia is an example I often come up with is like yeah. for a while people were like, she's our favorite female character protagonist and she's cool. But, um, her whole thing is that she isn't really like other, she doesn't, does she have female friends? That's a good question. I guess there's she no in, in, mention of in, it. Um, um, the last Jedi, she had that friend who was Laura Dern and like, I, me too. <laughs> Have you watched Big Little Lies? Yes, it's so good. Oh my good. god, we should talk about yes, Big Little Lies. Yeah, we should. Oh my god. It is so good. <laughs> um, I just, honestly... Have you watched the new season, the new episode? I have. It Mixed feelings? I just I just think that it should have ended. I think so season. too. I, I Like, agree. it wasn't bad. It just, I like... Watch it. It's so good. Have you so watched good. Fleabag? I have not. I watched like I've, one episode a while ago. sounds familiar. I just like, started it. Oh Ella my god. also really loves it. The part where she masturbates to Barack Obama. Oh my god. What? Really, what the hell? It really shook me. I watched that the other night. Oh um, my God. Another great show, I think, in terms of gender representation is Broad City. Oh, yes. yeah. Such a good show. Um, Insecure? Yes. Insecure? I love that show. Yes. I'm not caught up on it. Neither am I. <laughs> um, I, oh yeah, I. I just started watching it. So Also, the then, soundtrack to Insecure is so good. Yes. Well, because Raphael Sadiq, I think, is a part of it, and he's like a big music producer. That part on Insecure where um, the the guy, he was on Victorious and like iCarly, maybe. Um, something Leon the Third. Oh, Leon Thomas the yes, Third? Yes, Oh my god. Oh my he was god. on Insecure for like one episode. What? I love that. I was so shocked. Yes. I was like, oh my god, I haven't seen him. <laughs> That's awesome. He's so great. Okay, about so there's how do you guys how do you how do you two feel about girls the show? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I went to Oberlin where Lena Dunham also went. Oh, oh, so you must love her, yeah. Oh, oh my god. god. Here's my my god. recent um thought is that I think that <clears throat> Lena Dunham, what Lena Dunham thinks she is, is actually what Rachel Bloom is. Oh, you're <laughs> Rachel right. Bloom does That's true. what Lena Dunham thinks she does. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> my feeling about girls and, like, Lena Dunham, I think it's great that, like, Lena Dunham is 
there's women writers and women out there, whatever, whatever. But I feel like she she's <laughs> kind of part of watching girls. And also I find this a lot with like Amy Schumer's work mm-hmm. is there's a division between quote real women who are like Lena Dunham and Amy Schumer um, who are very sexual and yeah. not super skinny and like not super fashionable. And then there's the hot women and they're like a separate mm. thing. Yeah. Um, and like, I remember this in girls. So they're like, like a little caricatured. Right, right. Yeah. But it's just, there's no such thing as a hot woman versus like a not like other women woman. <laughs> everybody's hot and everybody's not like yeah. everybody else. And everybody's like everybody else. So like confidence is just hot. And right. if you have it, it's, it's hot. I but don't know like, that's it should be. And I really yes. like, that's something I really love about Broad Side City, group. is it's like, <laughs> it's clear they think they're hot. And like, they are hot. Yeah. They're awesome. And like, we see them, they're like, I'm going to wear my hot dress. And and that just feels so real of like, yeah. being like, I'm a person. Sometimes I try and look hot. Sometimes I just Sometimes like, I don't. lie around in my underwear. And that's what people are. Like, yeah. And so instead of being like, there's some women who are like not hot, and there's some women who are perfect hot Alison Williams. Yeah, it's just this like stat, like static. Right. Thing yeah, exactly, that, like, exactly. You are or you and are the not. point is, we are everything. Everything is everybody. Lauren like, Hill, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody, like you know. Yeah, that's also something I noticed. I mean, it must be a lot of pressure for people that are perceived to be conventionally attractive. Yeah, because they're always depicted as being dressed up all the time, always attractive. I mean, if you see like women in rom-coms specifically like when they wake up in bed they're perfectly groomed they're like and it's there's no (laughs) like there's i don't know there's no makeup on the pillow nothing right and it's like that must be a lot of that's a lot of pressure on us but i don't know on everyone to be attractive all the time and to be perfect i think there there isn't any but even like you know somebody who's considered by our society to be the most traditionally attractive gwyneth paltrow (laughs) (laughs) like like, i don't know like Gigi hadid or something oh yeah people think she's really really beautiful there is no way that Gigi Hadid does not check her butt for ticks. like that is she, <laughs> yeah. I mean Hadid I never have person. but is that like a you gotta thing? check somehow you gotta like <laughs> lean over bend over mirror. in front of that mirror exactly girl. there is nobody who always looks like they're in a Calvin Klein ad it's kind of the like I look good but I can't show that I tried to look good and yeah, that, like, yeah you're not that gonna sucks. look good when you're like you know, getting your vagina waxed, but like people do it. Yeah. And yeah. like, I guess it ends up looking good. So I don't beauty know. is pain. <laughs> I mean, like my issue with girls is the gender, like that sort of stuff of pretty yeah. attractive and what yeah. that means and whatever. Um, but also just the privilege. Yes. Yeah. I was going to say the that. Lena Dunham, like just that Lena Dunham thinks she's saving the world. Yeah. And she's not. Yeah. Also, like, and they're just like, ah, uh, like we moved yeah. to Williamsburg. And, like, uh, what the do Lena you- Dunham Twitter bot called like Lena Dunham <laughs> apologizes or something like that is hilarious. It makes oh up fake apologies. Oh that, my god! Like it's like Lena Dunham apologizes for comparing growing up in Soho to growing up in Syria. Like, oh god, that kind of like it's just like fake things, but just because yeah. Lena Dunham um, is so. What I've heard actually, people have said about broad, like similar things about Broad City, in mm. that they are. It's kind of this, they are privileged and like, but I think that it depicts it in a way that's like, people are always going to be like, always act privileged in a way. Instead of, it doesn't feel like a narrative that's privileged. It just feels like characters that are privileged and we are privileged. I don't. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. I don't get the impression that that show is like, this is how everyone lives, right? (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like like, they get fired from their jobs and they're like, fuck, like. 
It's also yeah. got like a fantasy component to it. Yeah, that show is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because with, with Hannah Horvath, um, unfortunately, oh, Lena character. Dunham's character yeah. also Everybody shares my name. Today. I don't know. Hannah I think Hannah's one Hannah of the most Horvath. famous, na- like, popular names, like, since 1990 or something. Oh, like, wow. wow. I think it's, like, Hannah, Sophia, and, like, wow, Ava. I'm, I'm feeling, pre- Olivia. I'm feeling Olivia. pretty darn special. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, you're, you're my favorite. Oh, um, uh, thank you. But about, about <laughs> Hannah Horvath, um, I remember the very first thing she encounters is that her parents are like, we're not funding you anymore. We're not going to give you money. Uh, and she's like, oh, woe is me. Like, my parents aren't going to fund my, my hellish writing career yeah. anymore. <laughs> and then the, I also have a problem with the whole, like, Williamsburg thing. Are you they live, in Williamsburg? I don't remember. I think they are. are. But I it's like, you live and maybe like, Greenpoint. It's, it's wealthy like it's, yeah. a, it's a bougie place but it's yeah, like, like you live in the mo- one of the most diverse cities in america you don't have a single person of color that's a friend and also like with the extras where are the black people where are the Hispa- where, are the, where are the hispanics they where don't are the exist. asians like yeah. the, even Everyone in, just even in like the this. extras in the background <laughs> it's all like white people yeah. and i'm like this isn't normal this is freaking it new york city God. God. like also like went to private school she went to st anne's and like she went to st anne's oh ew. And that's like five Oakland, minutes away from here yeah. like, very, very <laughs> expensive school um and like she came out of school and made Tiny Furniture, which is a movie. Someone funded her movie when she was like 24, like between yeah. 24 and 30. She was under 30 when Tiny Furniture was made. Oh, okay. Um, huh. It's, it's just like, it's not fair to criticize her for like being privileged, but I think it's fair to criticize her for like promoting what I consider a privileged worldview. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. To wrap it up, if you were to, let's say you were to pitch a show, a book, or a movie, or like pitch anything within media right now that you feel like would be helpful or that would make Ooh. media more universal and acceptable to all, what my would you pitch? Eve's thing. Yeah, I was just my book coming, coming other, to you all in 2025. Coming to you other, all when George R. R. Martin gets around to it. <laughs> other than the book, though, anything else? Like anything that you would pitch? A story about a, a good rape storyline would be fun that yeah that would be exciting yeah mm-hmm. um the problem is is like it has to be done by women yeah and that's hard it's really sad we, actually it's okay and women don't exist <laughs> we don't they we're don't. just figments of imagination yeah um you're either a man or you're crazy yeah. so, so you know the movie book smart yes yeah. so i haven't seen it but it's good apparently it's amazing it's really and good like, i'm so I, sick of high school movies i'm sorry there was a new york times article actually about it though that it's it's doing really badly in the box office despite having like a 97 percent of rotten tomatoes like People, like critics loved it like raved about it like people mm-hmm. are really enjoying this movie but people simply aren't going to see it and like i'm guilty i really want to see it i just haven't gone to see it but like <laughs> olivia wilde who directed it it's directed by a woman which is really awesome she tweeted i think she was like please go see this movie because like it's so hard to get women directors and it's important to support movies that are directed by women well, i want to go see it we should go see it let's go see it, it looks really i good. would see it a second time we it's really it. freaking good let's do it, guys. yes yeah I'm kind of broke, but we'll come with us. Out. We'll figure I'm in the clock, and you're invited to Booksmart. <laughs> Join us, <laughs> listeners of TF for three. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll bring the hibiscus. Somebody Yay, tweet in the <laughs> Can I just put in yes. a little spiel? I'm, I'm brief, ready. Brief spiel. I'm very spiel ready. I think it's spiel. really important <laughs> to acknowledge um, how we've not only how we've wronged women in representation, but how we've wronged men. Yes. Yes. That, um, and like people. 
non-binary right oh my god (laughs) which we did not talk about at all in this episode that's why we need a second episode i think it's important to acknowledge that you know we've wronged men too and that we're we're not teaching them to be held accountable we're not Mm -hmm. teaching them to respect Mm -hmm. women we're not teaching them like if you look at yeah go go ahead finish your thought um if you look at you know a lot of like male protagonists they're not especially like kind smart people like i don't know luke was like luke from star wars he was was good mediocre person but like it wasn't in the way that like female protagonists have to be she's so kind perfect perfect and powerful and beautiful guys are just kind of like i'm a schmuck who got lucky and um yeah i think that it's really important to there was a really great ted talk a while ago that so many TED Talks. <laughs> um, I think it's really important to have, you know, male characters. And it's so frustrating to me that guys don't like Pride and Prejudice. It's like, you guys can learn so much. Um, that, like, we should have male characters that, you know, learn to respect women and learn to be held accountable and mm-hmm. learn that yeah. your actions have fucking consequences. And, yes. like, yeah. don't and be like, a also, like, piece to of see, shit. <laughs> to see it represented that learning that is hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, like, we can't... If we can't... We often like to talk like what if men were just better and i would love that so much but like right, we've got- we do have to find a way to make men better and that is difficult for everyone involved. Right, we've got mm-hmm. we've got like girl power and the response to girl power is guys get insecure so they create like guy power but there is such thing as guy power that's Girls like positive. Girls go to Jupiter to get more stupid. <laughs> um i mean there could be like guy power. We should be teaching you know, boy power, but boy power can be like, respect people, be nice, yeah. like protect people yes. that are in need. I guess we <laughs> can. Line, we need part two. Yes. <laughs> part two. Part two. All right. I guess on that note, um, Eve, Gabby, thank you so much for coming. Oh this was God, so much. Thank you so, so much fun. for having us. Uh, this was so fun. Um, he was good. And a lot of intellectual conversation. I learned a lot today. Uh-huh. I've learned yes. a lot too. This is Tea for Three, where we sip the tea and spill the deeds. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. It's been Side so boot. nice talking <laughs> <to you> here. <laughs>